Hello and welcome to another episode of the Christian Read Podcast. Today's guest is the host of Brock's Conversations for the End of the World. He's a podcaster. His name is Brock Teal. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing, Brock? Thank you so much for letting me in, man. I'm doing great. Glad to hear it, man. Uh, thank you for agreeing to be part of the podcast. And uh, speaking of podcasts, tell us about your podcast. What's it about and why did you choose to begin it? honestly it was just uh kind of I I would say it was a spur of the moment thing but I've always been really intrigued and interested through podcasting and the medium the 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 freeingness of it and honestly I guess it just took the world almost ending last year and a little bit into this year so it seems to just be like hey if I don't do it then I'm gonna regret it so I just decided to jump in. I'm like, hey, 100 years, they're not going to know who I am anyway. So if it's, a, if it's a complete fuck up, then, I mean, nobody's going to really know about it. See, so, here's, the th- here's the thing. Oh, sorry, go on, please. No, no, that was it. Uh, uh, literally, I was just going to add to that. that like, and I've said this to a few of my guests that have also been podcasters, that there's such an abundance of podcasts now. Um, and like... I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. I mean, I think it's good in the sense that there's so many different varieties and so many, you know, it's like true crime podcasts, sports podcasts, movie podcasts, and so on. So I think it's good that we have so much variety, but there's so many people that just start a podcast and then kind of, I, I don't think they have like a general direction or an understanding or what they want to do with it. And, and like, that's why it will generally not last past like 20 episodes or something like that. And um, the reason that I keep bringing this up and hammering this home to my audience as well is that like, you know, recently I've just passed 50 episodes and as my yeah. viewers are aware, you know, I was with a podcast before that, you know, and I've said this a few times as well. I've, I've wanted to do a podcast for years and obviously you mentioned in that in that little blurb just then that you know it's something that you've wanted to do to do but you were waiting for that moment and then a moment comes where it's like if I'm gonna do it now's the time kind of thing exactly. and it was, it, it was the same for me like years ago I, I was thinking about doing a rust, wrestling podcast but I mean there's about a million of them and um so I wondered like well and that's the thing I always wanted to do something that you know I could talk about that but I could also talk about anything else because I've always been in that mindset of, of not having any restrictions with regards to what you're doing. And um, just, yeah, bringing it back. Like, I, I think that it is very important to have like a clear vision for what you want to do sort of moving forward and then to kind of develop over time. You know what I mean? So like, if you listen yeah. to even the first few episodes I did of my podcast, like I still have the same structure as far as like the research side of things, but I'm still trying to figure out, I guess the flow and like getting confident with it and, and knowing like, you know, okay, this is generally what we're going to do. This is the experimental side and so on, you know? Yeah, absolutely, man. Like, I mean, even if you look some of the biggest podcasts today, obviously not the ones that set it up as a, this is what I will do. So it needs to be professional. I have this YouTuber vine TikTok experience, but if you look at like Joe Rogan, it's, I mean, it's bad. Like his first hundred episodes are of a dismal quality, but I mean, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's the fascinating thing as well. Like, I know what you mean. Like I, I tried to go back and watch them and like, no, no offense to him. Um, you know, we, we've all got to start somewhere, but I, I think that's I know, he kind calls of... it out himself. He calls it out himself. It's like, there's, 
there's no offense to be given because he agrees 100%. But that's the thing. I, I think that it, it, it kind of stands as a testament to him that he, you know, still did like a hundred episodes and then kept going and then it's evolved right. into what it is now. And I think people kind of can relate to that consistency and that passion that you have. And, you know, I mean, look at some of the guests that he's landed on there. Like yeah, oh, those people would her. never have gone it on there years ago. Everyone. Right. Yeah. I mean, even if you look, it's the same guest. It's always Ari Shafir, Duncan Trussell, Brian Redband, Joey Diaz. I mean, the first hundred episodes, it's the same six or seven guys. And then like, so, but, I mean, today, even, even today, yeah. no one would even dare think about for the first hundred episodes, I'm literally going to have the same four dudes on. You need to be a dead podcast. People wouldn't take you seriously almost. See, you say oh. that, but I think it, it really does depend because I had the same fear with my podcast, you know, like starting it. I didn't want to just have the same people again and again. Yeah. And this is this is why I've always reached out and, and like luckily now it seems to be a mixture of finding people on places like Reddit. Sometimes people, you know, will contact me through my website or like through things like LinkedIn of all places, you know. So it's right. beginning to build up and I think the word is slowly spreading, right? But at the same mm -hmm. time, you know, sometimes you can just have a drought where you just don't have any guests. And I think you have to have a bit of a contingency plan. So like, for example, I've done episodes where it's just me talking. Um, I still believe in those episodes. I still think they're very good. Yeah. And I would still do them in the future. But I would hold my hands up and say, hey, the, the interviews are better. They're always better. Because every person yeah. you bring on is a different individual. The chemistry is going to be different. Everything's going to be different. And to some extent, uh, you know, because uh, I've seen a lot. I've been on a quite a few different podcasts where sometimes it's a group of guys um the same people every time but obviously they have rotating guests each time also you know there's there's been people who uh never had a guest up until i came on and you know they didn't have a guest past that which i've always found very strange like why would you open up and then just go back to having no guests whatever you know everyone's got their own style right but um that that's the tricky thing if you can't find people you can't find people and, and like you might as well use the people you have or i don't know because again going back to my previous point when it's just you, it's very tricky to captivate the, uh, the, the listener, I think. Yeah. And I still approach it the same way I would with my interviews as far as like the structure is concerned. But I, I always look at like how those episodes perform compared to everything else. And it's not lost on me that it's just not as engaged. Even some of my favorite podcasters, if it's just them, it's not as interesting. Yeah, not really. Except for... For me, I found the the exception for that to be Tim Dillon. I don't know okay. if you've uh, American comedian. I don't know if you watch him, but I mean, he's had Candace Owens on. He's had, and again, you might not even know who that is. Uh, but uh, Candace Owens, Andrew Schultz, a lot Ooh. of he's been he's been on. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's been on Joe Rogan a couple times, but he does a lot of his stuff are just like hour and a half, two hour long rants, and <laughs> yeah. they're hysterical like i mean like true true comedy genius but then i and as you said like with the with the guest thing i had that fear too but then i remember listening to uh philip defranco on 
like he's like hey guys this is 2020 if you and this is really what kind of pushed me at that final that final little like I was standing at the edge my toes were hanging off the side and then Philip DeFranco comes up and just like just yeets me off the building if you're gonna do anything 2020 is the year to start something and I'm like fuck it that's it I'm gonna do it and then like five seconds later he's like but you've got to get on every social media net network possible and for the longest time i had not wanted to get on tiktok because i know how addictive it looks like you start out there you don't even have to click on anything you open the app and the first video is boom on your page but i'm kind of sad and kind of excited to say a majority of the podcasts I'm, that i'm going to have in the next month have been guests that i have found on tiktok because You'll just scroll through the For You page. Yeah, look, it's crazy. You scroll through the For You page just mindlessly. You find something and somebody that interests you. You go to their TikTok. If they've got 10,000 subs on TikTok and they have their Instagram attached to it, I guarantee you they have a 1,000 Instagram followers and are begging for attention. They got that 10,000. <laughs> I swear to God, is the like I found like six guys in the UK. One does mead. One's a cosplayer. Uh, one does metal work. I like the just the broadest array of guests possible. Like I even found a state representative from my home state who will be introducing a bill to make it illegal for any state university to accept money from the Chinese communist government, which we actually have a university that has like a thousand terracotta soldiers from the billions of dollars they've gotten from the Chinese government. And he's just like, we're not letting that happen. I'm putting that into a law. And I was like, hey man, come on the podcast. I'll talk to you. So, oh wow. like, I mean, I never thought like within 50 episodes I'd have like a paid politician i thought i'd have like some random incumbent or not incumbent but like spokesperson just like yeah no i do i do facebook videos they do all right but no like it really has like kind of shocked me how how scared i was but also how easy it is if you just have all these nets and you just throw them all out at the same time yeah i couldn't agree more um like i mentioned before how you know i've started sort of publishing episodes occasionally on linkedin and, and finding people through there and i think that um because of some of the people that have been reaching out to me and who i found it's kind of laid a platform now that people look at the podcast and go oh okay so it's not just you know for youtubers or podcasters but business owners and actors and musicians and you know, every time I interview anyone, the way that I do my questions is always different. Like it always kind of flows the same way as far as like, I don't know, like asking about the main projects they do, asking about their life, where they're from, etc. Right. But if I'm going to interview a musician versus a business owner, the focus is totally different. Yeah. And that's why I totally agree with your point about like being in those different nets. Cause not only does it kind of spread awareness about you, but also it gives you more access to other people and, and to make more connections. And like you said, you've got a politician appearing. That's fantastic. Like I've had some, some really interesting uh, business owners on my podcast and I have some, some coming in, in the future, fu in the coming month. <laughs> and um, I think a lot of that does kind of come down to, 
like establishing a format that people can kind of trust and rely on and and follow as well because a lot of the time you hear so many podcasts where people are not really putting forward like a structured easy to listen to product it's like you know it goes from one thing to the next and and it doesn't really follow like that that kind of like um pathway direction i don't know like, i mean right now we're talking about podcasts right if we suddenly yeah. start talking about i don't know the vietnam war and we talk about that for an hour and then we do you know what i mean it's it's gone off the rails you've got to always yeah, bring exactly. it back to the subject and focus on that and because i suppose like i i don't think about this a lot but i do try to think about it about how when you're listening to the podcast, wherever you are, you could be at home, you could be going to work, you, I don't know, whatever you're doing, you want something that you can kind of follow, maybe zone out to, it doesn't really matter, but like something you can follow that doesn't just kind of go off on a tangent, so to speak. And you know, I think a lot of people kind of make that mistake. And then, then they get frustrated, like I say, after like so many episodes of like, oh, why is this not going anywhere? And it's like, because people can't follow what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But anyways, um, what have been your favorite topics to discuss in the podcast so far? I mean, I've had about, I've, let's see, I think I've had just about 10 episodes out. Okay. Um, I've talked to, I've talked to my friends. Like my first episode was just like me and my friend and the mic and we, it was just an audio only and I had to work with iMovie a bit to just put, be able to put it up on YouTube. And that was just general, just general just banter uh <laughs> i know the second episode but and the fir- official first episode was what was was some small business owners they have a uh so i live in a town called Ariton, and okay. it has one high school it has a small chemical factory and it has a small med- metal fabrication and about three thousand people it's not a very big town, town at okay, all yeah, yeah. but and, tra- and traditionally, we had one restaurant open. Won't name the restaurant, but and you wouldn't be you wouldn't be able to find it even if I did. I could give you the postcode and like the address, and you still wouldn't be able to find it. They'd be like, "That's an empty lot." But and about five years ago, it closed. So the kind of what limited food culture we had just disappeared mm. until a seventeen and fifteen year old brother from Mexico. And their family moved from uh, San Jose, from Mexico to San Jose, then to Alabama, where their grandparents lived. And these, and I say this with the utmost respect towards them, but for emphasis, these children opened up a taco truck and have single-handedly taken over, just taken over the town. Like they, they have all the money now. Like you, you drive past their place. There's six or seven cars parked on the side of the road obscure obstructing um traffic and there's like in the middle of a pandemic there's like 20 people distance as they may in the open air waiting for their stuff they're not even rushing they're like like one part like i remember going up there and one person's like hey what's taking so long and everyone jumped on it's like you will wait for your food it'll be worth it now hush and let us enjoy our conversations while we wait for ours like there's no there's no Karens up there ruining everything because the Karens are like, if I start bitching, they're not going to make me food. And this stuff is delicious. So I was like, I've got to have them on. And then I find out they're actually opening their own brick and mortar restaurant. I'm like, Oh, I've got to have them on now. So 
that episode is up. Um, third episode was with a couple of uh, friends that I met over at different Comic-Cons. Uh, uh, old manga artist, Steve Bennett, shout out to him. Uh, Charles Moinsant, a producer. <sighs> Let me see. There's uh, a couple of other like small business owners from uh, Speckled across the country. And I just got done with a cosplayer from the UK, Michael from MW Cosplay. So, I mean, it really has been just like random darts on the board, but I love every conversation I've had. And in all honesty, it's kind of addicting. Like, I kind of don't want to stop, but I only have so many hours in the day. <laughs> yeah, I know the feeling. I remember one day I actually tried to do two podcasts in one day. And yep, I pulled I it off. But yeah, it's so it's draining. Far. Oh my God. Oh, it's just talking. People, people don't realize that when you're having a proper conversation, a proper discussion, not to someone talking at you, but an actual conversation, yeah. you're thinking and listening and thinking again. And obviously, as you know, when you're doing the podcast, it's much easier to be the guest than it is to be the podcast. Because when you're the podcast, yeah. you've got to listen, guide the conversation and order it in your head and just do all of these things at once. It's a yeah it takes a lot of energy so I, I totally get where you're coming from on that one <laughs> like even with like uh chess players i remember hearing the statistic how or not the statistic but a, a like a stories about how master class chess players after like huge competitions they would be just drained like they mm. would like they wouldn't be able to sleep or they would all they would do is sleep for days and yeah. once like scientists got a hold of them, it turned out that these guys were burning like 10,000 calories worth of energy a day just off of the processes going off in their head, like planning ahead on the chess games. So yeah, like, and these guys didn't know it. So they were literally just eating like refreshments, like tiny salads and lemon juice. They yeah. weren't like taking these giant protein bars that they should honestly be eating because to burn that many calories a day and it's also a testament to their skill because me playing chess all day, I'm not burning 10,000 calories, but these are two master chess players going at it. So they're like 75 moves into the future simultaneously calculating what they're going to do. And then one guy makes a move and it fucks everything up. So they have to recalculate everything. So. Yeah. I imagine it must be tricky as far as like knowing what to eat and what not to eat as well. Cause I mean, exactly. I it's not the same, but obviously when I'm thinking about, you know, just eating before a podcast or eating before I'm doing my general work, that day-to-day -day work and stuff, you do have to think about that. You have to think about like, well, if I have this, maybe this is too heavy. I need something light, but I need something substantial. It's tricky trying to get the balance right, I suppose. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Like, I couldn't even, like, I, I like to go into podcast hungry because it kind of, like, keeps me on edge. Hmm. <clears throat> like, I remember listening to a Cat Williams interview where he's like, I'll never eat. Eat makes you sloppy. Eat makes you slow. You got to stay <laughs> on your toes. I'm like, I, yeah, sure, whatever, man, let's try it. And then, because, I mean, I always remember, like, going into school on like SAT day and stuff. And they like hand you this huge muffin. And it's like, you have to eat breakfast. I'm like, I, okay, I guess. And then I remember always doing badly. And then one day, like 10th grade, I was like, no, thank you. I ate at home. They're like, are you sure? We, we, we really want you to have this muffin and this orange juice. And then I'm like, no, 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 I'm good. Trust me. Like I'm full and nervous. Yeah. So I'll probably make a mess everywhere. And they're like, oh, oh well, we don't want you to eat then. 
and then I did better. Like you could yeah. see like the actual boop, the little boop in my chart and everybody's like, oh my God, congratulations. I'm like, I just didn't eat. Yeah. I mean, it's such a simple thing, isn't it? You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's your body kind of having to divert attention away from the brain where you need it to focusing on yeah. the rest of your body. So naturally you're not going to do as well. It's just exactly. Sense. I mean, and even taking into consideration just how humans evolved mm. hundreds of thousands of years. If you're hungry, you're thinking, how do I get food? How do I get a friend to help me get food? If you're full, your brain's like, all right, we're good. We did it. Good job, guys. High five. It's true. It's very true. I, I got to say, like, I'm one of those people where if I'm hungry <laughs> and I'm ashamed to say it, but it's true. It's like the one thing I haven't managed to overcome. I get pissed off. Like I get in a bad mood or I get like depressed or I don't know, something like that. And I just can't do anything until I eat again. It, it's almost like paralyzing in a way. And I know yeah. obviously it affects all of our brain chemistries and bodies in different ways. But like, I, I know if I even feel a little bit hungry, go fucking eat now. Like just go eat. We'll come, yeah. we'll come back later. We'll come, whatever this, you know, this can wait. <laughs> and sadly, and sadly, evolution kind of would have, and, and like, not to say it in a negative way, but evolution would have taken somebody like that out. Like someone that just like, they get it done and they go after stuff when they're hungry as opposed to someone who's just like kind of, as you said, like down in the dumps, like aggressive when they're hungry. You're, you, back then you were going to go hungry. So those genes would have been like, that guy would have been like, he, they, he, something would have got him. Like he would have like, he would have been the guy that like stood up to the tiger when everybody else is like, oh, I need to get out of here. He'd be like, well, don't bother I mean, me. I'm hungry. And then the tiger gets See, see that that's the different difference though, isn't it? Because I remember... Um someone said this to me years ago, like a very obvious point, but you know, never eat on a, on a, sorry, never shop on an empty stomach or never cook yeah. on an empty stomach. Exactly. And I think That's the same it. logic applies that like you shouldn't go hunting when you're hungry. Cause yeah, you will make a stupid decision. Whereas if you're full or at least like only a bit hungry, you can still think. Chew logically. on some mushrooms, grab, grab a, grab a mushroom and just, just start chewing on it. Grab an acorn shit. That'll work. Acorn. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, I, that acorns are, I haven't, you don't eat them raw. You eat acorns? Oh, yeah. If you're hungry, you're going to eat whatever. Like, if it's not going to poison you, Acorns? Really? <laughs> I mean, the Korean, Koreans use uh, acorn jelly as a side dish in, uh, in hibachi restaurants. Oh, it's great. I love them. Acorn jelly is some of my favorites. Acorn jelly. Wow, I'm learning something mm -hmm. new today. Oh, yeah, no. It's, it's actually kind of where it's at. <laughs> it's the bee's knees. <laughs> yeah, it's the bee's knees. Like I remember, like I had to explain this to a guy. He was like, "I was like, and this is acorn jelly." And then like this is like fifty year old white dude. This is my friend. He's like, "Acorns, like what deers eat." And I'm like, "Yes, what <laughs> deers eat and what you would eat if you were starving too." My thoughts exactly. <laughs> no, I mean I'm always willing to give something a chance, especially if I'm in a foreign country. Like it's, it's out of respect, yeah. isn't it? But it's yeah, it's, there are some things where you're like, really? I remember my first time. They're like, "Do you eat pecans?" I'm like, "I love pecans." It's like walnuts, love walnuts. Uh, almonds, love almonds. Acorn. I'm like, oh, I guess you're right. It's just we haven't bred anything commercial. We haven't never yeah, bred yeah, anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it, it, it really is. Like, it's, it's wild. Like, some people like duck eggs more than chicken eggs. It's like, ooh, duck egg. What? 
I suppose you make a good point there, actually. Um, let's bring it back to, uh, to podcasting. What have you learned so far through podcasting? I know it's still sort of early days, but so far in, in, in sort of the last 10 episodes or so you've done. In all honesty, trying not to toot my own horn, but also I like tooting my own horn. I have realized how good I am at like just on the fly, like directional changes. Like I remember one guy, he kept wanting to talk about, uh, I think it was uh, Japanese imperialism, like the the manga artist that I had. He like, he kept bringing up uh, Japanese imperialism, just like uh, different occupations and occupations by different countries and countries from Japan to Japan. And I had to, I'd cut some of that out, but. Oh, really? Well, just, just a bit. I mean, it wasn't bad. It was just like, like, it was a bit, it was a bit much. It's like 30 minutes worth of stuff. That's just like, like, he, like, he's good. He's into it. Like. Maybe you should just release it as a clip. (laughs) Honestly, I I, I might. But uh, (laughs) I had to find something. Like, I remember him talking and like, I'm like sitting here nodding, being being like into the conversation as much as I can. Oh, no, 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 no. Like, this is his episode. Like, I tell him, like, I'm the host. But this is your episode. It's going to be BCEW004. Insert your name, not my name. Okay. Name. All right. If you want to. If I feel like I'd have just got to eat the boat a little bit that way, then I'll try my best. But while I'm being in the conversation, nodding my head, attentive as I can be. I'm sitting in the back of the head. How the hell do, okay, Japanese imperialism, how the hell do I throw this back in the manga? You see, this is my thought as well, because like there's a fine line between, you know, because I let my guests lead. I think it's better to let your guests speak, obviously. Um, but at the same time, yeah, there's a fine line between between leading and then hijacking. I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, you know, you've got your own kind of... Um, formula structure whatever if they if one guy wants to talk about japanese imperialism for, for half an hour i mean that's that's fine but you know i suppose it depends how long you got actually that's that's a big factor in it isn't it because if you've got like i say a two-hour podcast and half mm-hmm. an hour of it is that but the rest is like you know your usual setup then that's okay that's not that bad right right because right. I'll, I'll allow for um for tangents of course but you've got to kind of like monitor how long they are and um yeah, you got to pay attention to that. I think that's really important because otherwise it can just be like chaos. <laughs> and in all honesty, with how how society appears that it could go, because I've heard a lot of people, it's like, I don't believe in conspiracy theories. But if your conspiracy theory was to disassociate humans and make them more dependent on technology, you would make a giant virus that would sweep through the land, scare the shit out of everybody and keep them indoors. So I feel that podcasting has really helped me with like, and again, I think this is going to be a serious issue with the next couple of generations, especially with how much the previous younger generation, five to 10 are on their, their or their parents' phones, basic communication skills. Like, I honestly think that's going to be just as important, if not more than like your basic STEM courses, because you can build a rocket in your head all you want. But if you can't find six other guys that can build a rocket and four other guys that can operate the machinery, guess who doesn't have a rocket? All of you. I think it's different kinds of people though. Cause I, I agree with you, but at the same time, you know, I, 
I look at the younger generation, like my little brother, my youngest brother is 15 now. So he's part of that generation. And <laughs> you can still very much have a, a proper conversation, an adult conversation with him. And he'll be engaged. And he grew up in that generation that only played games. And he still plays games, but he's not like obsessed with it like he was. So I think that like that concern that people have, it really comes down to what they want to do. Like if you've got a kid that like wants to be a gamer and they keep pushing and pushing and they just, that's what they oh, do. Oh, they can be ninja. They can be ninja. But, yeah, like, then, I mean, then yeah, you've got to expect that to some extent. But like, I don't know. I, I still think like your aspirations in life and what you steer towards will ultimately kind of have an impact on how communicative you're going to be you know like there's many scientists and mathematicians who are kind of quite uh maybe not the greatest sociable people you know they, they tend to like to work alone in solitary yeah. kind of conditions right um and i think it depends like for me i prefer to work alone uh, obviously this is a bit different because it's it's collaborative but like everything i do as far as like editing and working on my staff, marketing stuff, it's all solitary. Like it's, yes, diff it's difficult to work with other people. Um, oh, it's yeah, just, no. it's just um, different, isn't it? I mean, at a hundred thousand million subscribers, God, please let me get halfway there. But uh, even with that, I, I don't plan on having a producer. I don't plan on having like I will have, like I will have uh, well uh, maybe maybe like a producer as like he edits and looks up stuff when I need like a Google page, but that's it. Like I'm not having anyone rock. It was great this episode, but our analytics show that 19 to 75, your target audience males, they kind of dipped off when you started talking about feminism. So maybe not bring that up. It's I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm not even going to give that the opportunity to present itself. I'm going to like, this is my show. I'm going to do what I want to. And with 7 billion people in the world, I can find a million people to watch me. It just determines how long it takes. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting point. I mean, I, I remember I received a hate comment, probably my first one for the podcast. Wow. Very early into the beginning of the podcast, right? I think it was like episode nine, something like that. And bear in mind, the, uh, the podcast was three hours long. It was my longest Woo! ever. And there was a moment in it, a clip that I released where... Uh, I guess I was talking a little bit more than the guest was. And this person sort of commented saying like, you know, screw you. Why don't you let her kind of speak and all that? And I was like, I sort of jokingly went, well, I did for three hours, you know? Uh, um, <laughs> right. But like, I thought about it and I've applied it to everything I do now. I always try to make sure I let the guests speak much more than I speak. Right. Yeah. But it does depend on the guest and how much they speak. And also like you said, it, it's, it's for you. Like speaking on your own podcast isn't a bad thing. I mean, it's your show, isn't it? Like if you feel like you want to say no. something, you say it, you know what I mean? Like what no one has exactly. it. And that's the thing. If people don't want to listen to you, then yeah, don't listen to it. Like why get angry? <laughs> I don't understand yeah, no. that. I mean, and even that guy either cared enough to watch the whole podcast to figure out that she barely talked or he cares about your development and just kind of wants to be like tough love. No, see, he commented on a clip. That's the thing. Oh, on the not, clip, not the full. Right, yeah, yeah. And yeah, okay. uh, basically, it's yeah. a good, it's a good point. It's a very good point you make. I mean, yeah, if he said after listening to three hours, yeah, you didn't let her speak once, I'd be like, do you know what? All right, fair enough. This is fair criticism. <laughs> and I, I, I always try to take um, 
even even the worst criticism when it's like really abusive i always try and look at it and go can i learn anything from this yeah of course but um you know there are some things that are constructive and then some that are just like preference you know what i mean like i've been on podcasts where they pretty much say to you like hey yeah talk about yourself and i just talk for ages and i've had other ones where it's really restrictive and they're like okay, give me this answer, and then they stop you, and then they go to the next thing, and they stop you. And it's- Oh, no. I don't think I can do that. Like, if you have to stop two or three times, no, more than two or three times in an episode to, like, restructure the episode and, like, okay, mark it here. We're going to rewrite this and then throw this. I, no, no, no. Like, we got to oh, have, like... I don't mean it like that. I meant more like, um, okay, how, like, they're not really, like, open-ended, do you know what I mean? Like they don't allow yeah. for like long conversation. It's more like they're looking. Uh, yeah, almost no, that like, too. Yeah, that almost too. like yes or no kind of questions or like very short but sweet. Because maybe they're already running on like half an hour or so, which I, I just don't know how people do that half an hour podcast. I, like I do half uh, an hour podcast and I feel bad. I'm like, I have <laughs> failed you. I have not given you the time to speak that you deserve. Like two hours and we're good. Like two hours is the minimum. I know. I feel exactly the same. Yeah. And then my um, wife's like, babe, you've got to make these podcasts 30 minutes. No one has the attention span. I'm like, a million people have that attention span. We'll be fine. See, this is why you do clips. I'm, I'm convinced like that's the answer. Because like some of the clips I've done, they range anywhere from like a minute all the way up to half an hour in some cases. And I feel what? like that's, yeah, that's the better thing. Like it really depends because a podcast is a podcast. Like not everyone yes. has the time to listen. And that, that you know, even me, if, if I'm going to listen to a podcast, that's going on in the background while I'm doing something, right? Yep. So, and that's what I fully expect people to listen to mine in its entirety will do. They're not just going to sit there like committed for two hours. Like, yeah, that, I love it. Keep talking. That, that doesn't happen. We're going to do something. I mean, no. could be wrong, actually. Let me know in the comments or, you know, drop, drop me some messages about that, like how you listen to the podcast, because I guarantee it isn't like this. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, so they are just like, oh, I love it when Christian talks. This nah. guy needs to shut up. <laughs> no the other chance. guy, the guest needs to hush, just Christian. Bringing it back to you, man, um, who do you take inspiration from? Honestly, it is a mix of Joe Rogan, Philip DeFranco, uh, Andrew Schultz. I love his Frank Flagrant too, and uh, Brilliant Idiots. Uh, a lot of other like Duncan Trussell. He's really good. I like how like I really and when I say really, I really love Joe Rogan, T- Duncan Trussell podcast. Like those are it's it's like those close friendship. Like mm. you almost know what you're going to say. Like when you have two people that know each other so well that you know what they're going to say and know their point before they make it and then your point or counterpoint is already developed by the time they finish their statement. Like that kind of intimacy, for lack of a better word, is something not only the listener can tune itself into, but really get lost in. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I I really take a lot of inspiration from joe rogan like i particularly like the episodes where he talks to people who he, you know he doesn't know but like you say he still manages to create that intimacy and like yeah. that feeling of like he's he's known them forever and clearly he's and done he really much. they really they he, he really does know how to do this like i mean mm-hmm. like when he had like bernie sanders it was an hour-long episode but i mean i got more information about bernie sanders from that podcast than i have 
years of years of like appearances on MSNBC, Fox News, or CNN. Yeah, well, because they all have agendas, don't they? Like, not to get political, but like oh, they're, they they're asking him questions not to get to know him or his politics, but to kind of say like, well, X and X was said in the media. What, like, do you agree with this? Like, is this something you, and it's like, uh, like ask him something interesting. Like, what does he think on this? And then let him talk. No, you can't <laughs> let him talk because that's how he, that, that they don't want him to get elected. And right, and that's you, not how you the let news him works. Talk and he gets elected. If he talks, he gets elected. <laughs> Man, it's, it's a good point. American politics is 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 pretty wild, man. Is it is it that? Because I know, because y'all, as y'all may know, we have a two party system, and I know over uh, across the pond, y'all have more of uh, a lot of different parties, like a medium left and a medium right and a far dude, left dude, and a far it, right. It's it's basically they, two party. Like we do have other. I mean, like just like you have other parties, but like the other parties never have mm-hmm. a chance of getting in. Like oh no, we we have one independent. And that's it. Like I mean, we we have other parties, but no, we don't. We also don't. Yeah, but this is the thing. It's the same in the UK. Like we've we've got conservatives who are like basically right wing, Labour who's left wing, and uh, we do also have a part a party called the Liberal Democrats who are in the middle, more towards left. But like they ruined their chance to get in about ten years ago. Like they were, Ooh. yeah. It's quite a famous story where basically they what got they in. Yeah, they got in through an, a coalition. So uh-huh. they were actually in government with uh, the Conservatives, which was a weird fit because you'd think they would go with Labour, but they went with, with the right instead. But they, they're uh-huh. in the middle, so it kind of, yeah. And they said in their campaign, they, they were like really strict with their campaign. They're like, we will not raise tuition fees. We will not do this. Ooh. And as soon as they got in, that was the first thing they did. And after the that- The lobbyists got to them. Everyone fucking hated the Liberal Democrats after that. Like they've, they've, they never get seats. They never get anywhere anymore. So, and like, like I said, I mean, Labour and, and Conservatives, it always switches between those two. Um, we do have like the Green Party. Um, yeah. Um, who, who else? We've got UKIP, which is is like a sort of a nationalist party. Oh. And um, they get seats in Europe. They've gotten seats in Europe, but not in um, in the United Kingdom. And it, the European par- Parliament's a bit weird. I don't really know how that works exactly, but they've had representation there. But yeah, in the UK, it's it's pretty much the same as the states. It's it's one or the other. Which one are you going for? <laughs> yeah, and a lot of people like a lot of people like that I talk to. They'll really go off on like I don't understand how all these countries just bow down to the European Union, and then now that it's like Britain, England's finally exited. And they, they know what's up. I'm like, guys, you do understand that seven of our states are easily bigger than any other country in the U- European Union. You're like, we're pretty much our own union. We've just done it yeah. from the beginning. Well, that's the interesting thing about the states. Yeah, when you do a little bit of research, it's not dissimilar to the EU in that sense, because no. every, every state is essentially its own country, because you've obviously yes. got national law, and then you've, Absolutely. Got, yeah, then you've got like state law, and then even within the states, you've then got um, what we would term as like boroughs. I think you call them municipalities or yeah, something for, like that. yeah. For simplicity, we'll call them municipalities. Yeah, cities and counties and stuff. Like right. Austin, yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah. Texas, like buy a fifth of whiskey, get a free Colt forty-five. Texas, Austin. Oh, oh, it's about like that sometimes. Like it really is. Like, and I'll go into that a bit later, but. 
Austin, Texas, weed is completely decriminalized, but Texas, you'd be hard pressed not to get like life in prison some places. Like even right. in like Mississippi, yeah, yeah. like the neighbor of Texas, Mississippi, there was a and and he was black, so they could they could argue that because it was back in the nineties and the eighties. So they could argue that. But this was a Vietnam veteran. Like, and you know how they, you might not know how they treated them. They pretty much threw those guys at the front lines. Like, this was a guy who made it out by the skin of his teeth, and they catch him with, like, two ounces of weed, and he has life in prison. Never had anything else, life in prison. But What, just because he's a black dude, or because? They, it was probably made easier, in okay. all honesty. It was probably made easier. It's like, because... How weed was was made illegal, there was uh, this guy, and I can't remember his name, and it upsets me, but he owned a paper milling company and a lot of forests with trees on them for making the paper. And he also owned the, uh, he also owned the newspapers, a lot of newspapers and a lot of major news outlets. And to my understanding, they had created a device called the decorticator, which made it extremely simple to take hemp, cannabis, this plant that you put in the ground, and then six months later, it's up eight feet tall, about two inches thick, and then, like, because a tree, that takes 10, 12, 20 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you get 10 acres of trees, that's 10 years, one time. If you get hemp, that's six months, 20 acres, once a year, every year, the same amount. So, I mean, that's a that for him, that's his worst case scenario. It's like because he knows how to do this business, it would cost too much and be too uncertain to go into this business. So, they took a Mexican word or a Hispanic word, but from the country Mexico in origin, for it was a Mexican tobacco called marijuana. So, and then they made it into marijuana. And then they started campaigning it as if blacks and Mexicans smoke this, then they're going to like start fighting for rights and start going after the white women. Like they were like really okay. and then Nixon and then Nixon got a hold of it and's like, hey, if we decriminalize this, then we can orchestrate these raids against like Mexican labor parties, like unions. And then like the Black Panthers. So it all kind of coalesced into this perfect, this perfect little devil token, like the devil's lettuce. It's literally called in the South, the devil's lettuce. Like, I mean, in the Bible, it says all plants were made on this planet for the consumption and use of humans. But then they're like, no, except for this plant, this one plant right here, devil, demon, don't do it. And it really had like, cause even the founding fathers like George Washington, grew weed abraham lincoln talked about smoking a joint on the white house stairs so i mean this has been a, a traditional like we did this like we got we got kind of lit off of it but the second they found out they could use it they kind of scrapped it and then it's just perpetually been used to kind of target minorities to begin with and honestly it's it's kind of glad that it's been and again i hate going off on this tangent on you like no no but, no, no. Uh, let's 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 allow it um what i wanted to say to add to that is obviously like yeah. a lot of states now are 
either either already have legalized it or are yeah. in the midst of legalizing it or have like some sort of medical arrangement or whatever but yeah. it, from what i remember because i did a study on this a couple of years back i think it's like at least 30 states something like that or it's it's a it's a lot it's a lot of yeah, states within, so either within the state itself like austin is to texas right. or the state itself has some type of medical or recreational allowance yes right but there are some states where it's just completely legal like um my California. state which is your state? alabama, alabama just com alabama. Uh, completely illegal Oh, completely illegal is um yeah like forgive, forgive, forgive my arrogance here alabama is its own state isn't it <laughs> yes alabama right, okay. is its right. own state right no you're yeah, fine yeah. like that that you're fine like that nobody knows what alabama is it's, it's, no I, I know i know i know that huntsville is in alabama and i'm hey, familiar okay. with alabama i know it's in the south um i just i get confused sometimes because there are these major places within America. And sometimes I don't know if it's a state or if it's a city within a state or, you know, stuff like that. Know, that gets right. a bit confusing. Like Huntsville, Huntsville literally has all the rocket scientists, like oh, okay. major military industrial contracts. Like this city, like this city is why we're not the poorest state in the country. Like that state alone, maybe Birmingham, but just because it's like, because Birmingham's weird too. Birmingham is where all the uh I have to put this delicately. It's okay. true, but you have to put it delicately. So Atlanta is the southern capital. That's where that's where all the that's where all the gays want to move to. It's like it's Atlanta, it's where it's happening. Because down here, while it is federally legal for a man and a woman to marry another man and another woman, right. It don't it don't it don't mix sometimes. So, yeah, yeah, I understand. I understand. So it's very difficult for people to move from one state to another, just the logistics. So what they'll do is they'll move from where they are, Ayrton, Ozark, Troy, Dothan, wherever. They'll move to Birmingham. They'll assimilate themselves with a city-type culture because maybe where they are, they're, they're still used to like the small town, small city life but then they need to adjust themselves to the big city life to where if it goes bad, they can kind of retreat back real quick because it's like a three hour drive from everywhere else in the state. So if you got to move back, it's kind of easy to like, mom, I need to come back, but then they'll go to Atlanta. So Birmingham a lot of times has a lot of these different people that move to in preparation to move to Atlanta or maybe New York and California, wherever else, but they want to like, get used to it like mm. what will my life be what are the difficulties that i'll have to overcome because here i'm used to my house with a five acre yard mm. but in birmingham i'm gonna have a three-bedroom apartment with six other people and that's just that's how it is so it's kind of like a boot camp for anyone who wants to and, and, and it used to be and it used to be for gay people but a lot of times now especially it's for a lot of people who want to get out mm. so it has really become that hub of like, this is how we're going to jump to these other cities. So, but, but it itself has its own state problems, but Huntsville itself, getting back to that rocket scientists, everyone's making 80,000 a year, except for the service members and like the serve, like the service industry, like cooks and janitors and all that, but everybody else is freaking master degree geniuses working for the government and like SpaceX or whatever. But, 
Al- in, in that regard, Alabama's really weird like that. Yeah, all I know about Alabama is it's um I know a few people from there that are like big wrestling fans and stuff. And yep. I know there's there's been like a, a, a sort of a history of that there, but it's often kind of disregarded in a sense. Like it's like, oh, it's in the South. Like people are like this. Maybe they're not as intelligent. So it's really ironic that you say like some of the, well, <laughs> the yeah, state's no, most intelligent the, yeah. people are there. It's, it's that so has funny. not been lost on us whatsoever. <laughs> well, it just goes to show, doesn't it? There's always, you know, the perception and then the reality. You know, it's always the same. It's like when, when you move to a new country and, and, uh, or you visit on holiday and you're like, oh, you know, I want to do all these things that I saw in the advert. And then you go there and it's like, those things are there, but then the reality is very different. Yes. God damn. Uh, bringing it back to your podcast, I've still got some, some questions for you there. Um, what are your main goals and aspirations for the podcast? So the me that started this podcast. So as I grow, my aspirations will change. But the me who started this podcast, in all honesty, wants to just be able to pay my bills with it. That's all I want. I just want to be able to subsist off this. But in five years, I probably want 50 million subs and I want to take over the world. But for right now, I just want to be able to do something that I love because I really do. Like I like underestimated how much I enjoy this. I want to do something that I love, be able to make money off of it, and then have it continue to grow. Because like myself and like a lot of other people have kind of figured out your job security you thought you had's not shit. It takes one little one little <coughs> somewhere and it's done. And you're just you're stuck at home for 10 months. Like I had so many people in these like like I have a lot of people that would work like secretary jobs. They're working at home. And they're lucky they're working at home because I've had a lot of other people that are just we're not there. We've had businesses that have been restaurants seven in California. Seventy five percent of restaurants have shut down indefinitely mm. on the on the brink of permanence. But it's kind of, and, and a lot of what I've heard a lot of other people diversify. So I got to have something that I can fall back on because the uncertainty of the future, especially now, I feel like it's something that needs to be addressed. Like it's something that we need to, everyone needs to be like, if this falls through and maybe you can't, rely on this other company oh well this other company's hiring i'll be fine it might not be so what are you going to do so i really want this to be a staple of earned income on top of the other like mix and mash little things that i have for earned income hopefully making it my main point of uh earned income in the future well let's look at 2021 what are your podcasting goals for this year so I'm looking for two guests a week and if and I'm pretty filled up. I've actually I'm actually scheduled up till the end of February. And oh yeah, no, it feels good. Yeah. It does it, like, it feels good, but at the same time, I'll find a guy and I'll be really excited about them. And then I'm like, I have an opening in March. He's like, Jesus Christ, dude, it's January. I, I was like wanting to get on tomorrow. I'm like, I can't, I don't, I don't have the time. 
if I had the time, if I wasn't working a job, if I didn't have a nine to five, absolutely, I'll throw you in Wednesday. Because like, I'll leave a Wednesday or a Saturday open for like, I have to have this dude on right mm. now. Mm-hmm. But scheduled podcast, Tuesday, Thursday, I'm booked till February, the end, the end of February. But it's it's a two it's a double edged blade in that regard. It's like, but I'm hoping to have more small business owners, more maybe maybe a couple more politicians. I would really because like when elections come up, yeah. If I'm big enough, I have no issue. I don't see myself having any issues grabbing the. Maybe not grabbing the incumbent, but grabbing his uh, his usurper. Maybe grabbing like the Democratic nominee, and like, hey, come on, talk to me. What's the worst that can happen? You, it's Alabama. You're not going to win. So, what? Well, like, what's the worst that's going to happen? It's free publicity. Come on. Yeah, a lot. A lot of the time, they're just looking for a platform, aren't they? Just to speak. Exactly. So, and yeah. it's it's funny. You know, I've had people. Um, okay, not politicians, but people I've reached out to. Um, like wrestlers for example and yeah. you know they, they've initially spoken to me and then they're you know they realize like oh maybe this guy doesn't have a big following blah 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 he's not a big deal i mean i'm just theorizing i don't know for sure but it's oh, very, no, I found that too. it's very I found convenient that too. isn't it they just stop speaking oh, yeah. to you and it's like, like i think it comes excited. down to that it's yeah. my first time ever on a podcast send me a link to your youtube page and i'm like you're gonna see those 10 subscribers so just Get see, see I, I think that's stupid as well. Yeah, I don't, absolutely. F- first of all, I mean, that's not always going to be the case. You're going to grow. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I received a, a thing back the other day, which told me that at the beginning of 2020, I was on like, what is it, like 160 subscribers, and now I'm on like 500 and something. So time yeah. changes everything. That's number one. Exactly. Number two, it, it doesn't matter so much about the numbers because even if you've got someone who's like got millions and millions of subs, that doesn't mean that they're necessarily going to give you a good interview and put you over in the right way. Like it's, it's all about the way the person interviews. Like I look or at they're some, not going to want to bother with you. If you have millions of subs and you're just this, this dude, like you're, you need to realize some people need to realize they might not be the same size as you, but in a broader category, they're small. They're small, there's medium, there's Joe Rogan. It's like, you're not going to jump to Joe Rogan as like just this some random dude, unless he just really likes your shit. You're, so you need to start somewhere. And it needs to be with those smaller people. Like those camps need to kind of like build off of each other because you can't build off something you can't reach yourself. Mm. It's like I, I reached out to someone recently. I won't name the person, but... Um... I found out that they, I mean, they responded, so fair play to them, but they yeah. had like, they had like a fee wow. for, for booking them. And I don't know, because I'm, I'm caught in two minds about this, because on one hand, I feel like it's fair, this person is very busy, so their time is valuable, but at the same time, it's like, fuck them. No, 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 no. I, I won't, I won't say oh, that, well, but what personally. I will, what I will say is I feel that like, Their asking rate and how long we would likely talk for is a bit, I feel like there would need to be a negotiation there. And secondly, it would take me a lot to, to kind of agree to, to pay to have a guest on my show. Like I've never done that before. Uh, and I, I don't know how I feel about that. I'm still undecided because normally 
I might be a bit like, I might have that attitude you have. Like, I'd never say that, but I'd be like, no, nah, fuck this then. <laughs> but, but in that instance, I was like, do you know what? When you look at business and you look at your time, like I can't count, for example, how many times I've sat down to do a podcast with someone and they just don't show up and they don't give me any messages yep. and nothing. Yep. Or the reverse, yep. I'm about to appear on someone's show and nothing. Yep, that's happened and, both times. And, and, and like, it's that's bad. frustrating. Like, I, I even remember just getting a bit hot at this guy on, on Reddit and just saying like, do you know what? Like, this is really unprofessional. Like, yep. just, and because what, what, it was one of those things where I was supposed to appear on their show and they were supposed to appear on mine, right? Yeah. And um, theirs was first and then it was going to be mine. And they didn't bother ever getting in touch with me. And I left it for a couple of days because I figured, you know what? Sometimes people have emergencies, things happen, right? But it'd been long enough, nothing. And I just responded like, yeah, you're not coming on my podcast. And just you know you shouldn't waste people's time like this you know what i mean like, i always yeah. try and keep things professional don't ever be abusive that's not how i roll anyway no. but at the same time like i do think people need to understand that like other people's time is very valid like time is probably one of the most you know if not the most important asset that a person has yeah and if absolutely. you're gonna just you know what I mean? if you're gonna waste someone's time like that like i feel like it's really disrespectful and just shows your lack of professionalism. Like I always conduct myself in the way that I think is professional. And, you know, I treat myself as though I were like this big podcast. I know I'm not, I know I don't have a big following and like, who is this Thank guy? Who cares? Well, no, you see, I disagree with that. I think you should be real from the beginning from day one. Well, I mean, <laughs> in, the, in the respect that not like, not like buy a Ferrari and a, like a Gucci watch and be like, I'm some top shit where you're like, you're eating ramen for dinner. I mean, in the aspect of like, this is who you will become one day if you keep up at it. So act like that person would act. Yeah. As yeah. Far I as agree with that. Yeah. Goes. yeah. That's, that's fair. That's fair. Um, let's switch things up for a second. Now you were you right. at the beginning about um, everything that's going on in the States. And I think I'd be remiss not to mention something. I did think about doing a video on it um but to be honest i really didn't know what to say i was kind of just bewildered by the whole thing um what well, tell me in your words what you what you think of the whole situation oh saw that shit coming from a mile away so you so see you knew that what you had a feeling that they were oh, going to yeah. do something like that they're going to do something i didn't i didn't expect like well no i expected somebody getting a shot off i didn't necessarily expect because there's a, to my knowledge, there's four people that have died. One lady was yeah. uh, shot in the neck by police, uh, and I think others were from medical complica complications. I would speculate from being maced because, and this is, and this is a, and this is like a broad, broad accusation, and it's not even really an accusation, but with covid and how a lot of republicans are like you saw there were not a lot of masked people so it is very possible that someone could have had or had coronavirus and then once you have that irritant sprayed into your lungs i would not be surprised at least with one of them if that exacerbated their symptoms that's a, a very bit. good point actually that's like i i would not be surprised if that happened it not necessarily that it did happen but if those conditions were met in a person, you're overweight, you're a bit older in age, you may not be sick enough to exhibit any symptoms, but you've got that irritant sprayed in your face, 
I would not be surprised if that happened whatsoever. I want to throw some things your way with regards to this that I noticed. Um, like, I, obviously, I haven't done loads of research on this, but here's just what I've seen. Uh, one of the things is obviously damaging property, which I know seems pretty tame. But when you compare that to the BLM protests and the fact that, like, you know, they were pretty much 100% peaceful, then no one was ever smashing anything or doing anything like that. And if there were people doing that, it was normally the other side that were against the protests, right? So that's number one. Or they were agitators that, like, took advantage of the chaos to do it themselves. We've lost, I don't know, your sound's a bit off there, my friend. I don't know what's with your voice there. Oh, sounds, sorry about that. Am I good now? Sounds like tunnel vision or something. It's a bit weird. Oh, no. It just may be the mic on my phone. Okay. <laughs> Um, I, I guess we'll just have to work with that then. Um, yeah, and another thing is the um, the fact that the police kind of allowed them to just walk through without being challenged, kind of seemingly just welcomed it. There were scenes of um, uh, you know, police officers taking selfies with the protesters and stuff. Uh, um, and there was also the wider issue oh there was for instance there was a guy reenacting the george floyd murder which i just oh there was holy shit I didn't yeah see that. it was on one the high steps of uh one of the buildings or something like that it was it was pretty fucked up <laughs> and then just just generally the this issue of um how the the, the police essentially they weren't kind of getting aggressive with these people they weren't kind of defending it's not it's not like you want them to be ag aggressive but let, let's put it this way these people were being violent they were you know destroying property being violent right it was a, it was a diet coup attempt like it wasn't a coup coup because they could never actually pull it off but they thought they were pulling it off right yeah and Their um was to conduct a coup that's obvious by breaking into somewhere and because how it was, if you follow Trump's Twitter account, because I mean, and I'm not doing it because I'm like the super big Trump fan, but he is the president. What the president says is important. So off that logic, I follow the president on Twitter. Multiple times he has posted and expressed BNDC January the 6th. Big things are happening. So by any person that is a fan, that's like, that's it. They're finally coming out with a Trump card. We're fine. Like, it's going to happen. He will be president. Like, I had friends that are like, hey, man, look, we're going to D.C. There's a packet from this, uh, this group that we are on that they're offering to take us up there for three nights for $400. I'm like room board food and everything we just got to pay four hundred dollars i'm like wait a trip to dc room and board food and transportation for four hundred dollars that is a steal and it's a bit weird that it's available like that because like yeah you, like you can't travel to the nation of the capital on four hundred dollars like that's that's a bit like, that's cheap that's really cheap especially with how many people are already going to be there. Tens of thousands of people. Like we saw the last Trump parade, tens of thousands of hundreds of thousands of people, maybe a hundred thousand at the max, but easily tens of thousands of people. So the people will brought here. 
and then Trump, Rudy Giuliani, Trump Jr., all these people are speaking on a stage. Rudy Giuliani said on, like, it's, it's been recorded, let there be trial by combat. And then Trump tweets about how Mike Pence can overturn the election as vice president by not confirming the votes, sending them back to the states. And then by the time that they would be recertified, it would be well into what would supposed to be Biden's um, term as president. So it was like, it wouldn't be a complete overturn, but it would be an extension of his presidency. And he would take any kind of win as a win at this point, because let it not be confused. I completely believe that he knows he's lost, but if we get all these people still donating money, then we got 2024 on lock as far as donations go, because we'll have that. Because how it works in America, any money you don't use as a donation, it just goes to you. Like, it's, it's yours. It's your money. So if you get all these people riled up thinking that, oh, our president's going to do it, but he needs that extra $20, they're going to send him that $20. So then Mike Pence couldn't do it because he couldn't do it legally. Like, it was a formality that he would authorize the election results. It's a formality. He could not, in realism, turn it over and send it back to the states. And then Trump lights him up. He's like, what a failure Mike Pence is. I can't believe that he did this. It's like, it's so terrible. And then they took over the Capitol. I mean, it was a pretty cut and dry scenario what happened. He invited him up there, got him riled up over the past week or so, promised him how it would happen because Mike Pence is his boy. It's his VP. He, is, he has been very loyal to Trump. Like, mm. not, not a single dissenting opinion. But then he doesn't do what he said he would do or what Trump said he would do because he can't. So then he just throws the people up there. But like, Trump, Trump's not an idiot. Like he must have known that. No, no he's not he's, an idiot. Right. He's, he's, he knew that Mike Pence would not be able to help him in that uh, regard. He has lawyers. Even if he was an idiot, he has lawyers. Right. They know yeah. what they can do. So, yeah, it's, it's really crazy. Like, and then you've got all the QAnon people that are up there. It's like, I don't even know if y'all know about QAnon. Those guys are... QAnon. What? QAnon. Oh, my God. You know nothing about QAnon. Woo! I've heard okay. the name. I, I don't okay. I'm familiar with it. Okay. We need to cut, like, write, write it down or something. We'll, we'll come back to it because, like, this is its own... Like, we can explore it now. We can, we can explore it now. Might as well. Go for it. I mean, okay, so uh, anything that you have to put in on your, um, like, anything else on the Capitol raid because... Once, once this tunnel's open, like it's going to be hard to like divert back because the. I mean, like, like I said in the beginning, I'm not really sure what else. I just wanted to kind of cover it, and you've given way more background than I would have uh, anticipated. Like I genuinely, really? yeah, like I, I'm obviously you're American, so you do know more about the situation. But like from from the European sort of perspective in the UK, like all we've seen is is just you know kind of destruction. Obviously, um, Trump sort of his tweets being blocked on twitter um, yeah oh uh, so I've, I've received notifications from my phone and computer so facebook has permanently banned him from facebook like so oh, wow I, oh yeah no he's he's done so Damn. they would have done that they would have done that when he wasn't president anymore as like kind of like a backdating offenses 
they can't do it because he is the president and how the laws are set up here. Like, like there was a guy that was the, uh, the dean of a college. Mm-hmm. He did something bad. He got caught in a corruption scandal, and people started going after him. So he blocked them. But since this was his public, this is how I reach the people's social media, it would be illegal for him to block any of his constituents because that is how they obtain news. So since this is how you receive updates and news from the president is Twitter and Facebook, it's not that it would be illegal to do it because they uh, they aren't subject to First Amendment rights, freedom of speech and all that good stuff. But it would be a very dangerous precedent to set. But when he's not president, Dunzo. That was I'm expecting that completely. But this being the straw that broke the camel back, I'm not surprised at all. Like it's so close, it's already been confirmed. There's no Deus Ex Machina's thrown up that gets him four more years. So yeah, they're just doing a preemptive blocking. Okay. So no, I'm not surprised at all. Do you not think there's an issue with that because while i don't agree with the things that trump says and does i do think it's a very rocky road to be sort of blocking people because it almost kind of like lays the road for like the destruction of freedom of speech in in a manner it it does it does and i'm i don't know how i feel about it i'm kind of split down the middle on it because yes how you catch people in their dumbness is you let them talk and the more you let someone talk, the more holes that they will create if their if their argument is not solid. Like I've had I've had political conversations with people where they are that they perceive themselves as this pro capitalist right, but you get them talking and they say something like, "That was a socialist construct. You just you just completely agreed and like wanted to implement." like socialist policies like that is like straight from freaking like that's straight from moscow stuff kind of like opinions you just threw up and then they have to backtrack it's like no 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 that's not what i meant i'm like it's what you just said though so you've had to admit it you're this that's, smart the, that's the funny thing about politics as well it's like I, I don't think there are many people that are strictly speaking like far nope. left or far right like because I, I like for myself like I, I don't swing either way but i look at things on the left that I agree with things on the right that I agree. Like, I think I lean a little bit more towards the left because, you know, of being liberal and stuff, but like there's stuff on the right when it comes to like business stuff where I'm like, yeah, I I wouldn't want to do it the way that the left does it because, you know, that's just not good business, you know, but it it really financially conservative, socially liberal. That's my lean. Financially conservative, socially liberal. Yeah. But my point being that, it's good it's good to have an open mind isn't it and to like kind of look at like the poli- like what yeah. everyone's saying like i i often hear about people saying like we should cancel this person we should silence them and it's like no i think it's nope. better to, to follow yeah, both groups and make your opinion based on that like listen to everything they're saying yes both sides are going to put propaganda out and say a bunch of shit but within that there'll be things that you know on both sides that do have value you know but uh, yeah, I don't think anyone is truly like one way or the other. That's that's no. very unlikely. But to devil's advocate myself, I do believe that he has grown so big. In my opinion, this is not based off of any kind of fact that I have researched. This is off my opinion. I think that he could, if he wanted to, tweet out 
take over America for me. And he would have an army within moments. I agree. He could. And, I honestly yeah. think he could. I think, yeah, I was listening to a lady called, I think her name was Catherine something wits. Um, I, I don't believe I've heard of her. She, she, she's worked in, in the financial field for many years and politics, blah, blah, blah. She's like very knowledgeable woman. Uh, I think it's like Catherine Arbor wits or something like that. Anyway. Um, she was talking about all of this and she was saying how kind of the fact of the matter is the people that like run society are definitely afraid of like your common people because so, yeah. especially in, especially in places like America because everyone owns a gun oh um, yeah you know since the constitution and i mean as much as i don't agree with guns at the same time if i lived in america i think i'd be a fool not to own a gun do you know what i mean oh, because... no. where i am where i am i am 30 minutes away like if you had people sitting in a police car i am 30 minutes away from the nearest police like major police station so if i have someone break into my house and they it will be in a group it won't be a single dude it'll be yeah. a group of people I, I like I have I have a it's called a judge it's a pistol that shoots out a, sh a small shotgun round I need that I need something with a widespread that I can turn over tight angles like for home defense I need like while you're talking about like because there are people in Texas that can own tanks that's a bit eh but at the same time it, it is a bit weird the gun argument what's what's the kind of the law as far as like defending your home because in the uk we've had a lot of like silly stories over the years of like burglars robbing people's houses and then suing the owners for hurting them like bullshit like that but like if yeah. you've got people invading your home right and you obviously you're illegally allowed to own a gun you're allowed to defend your home so what's the extent like can you kill a man if he's like trying to kill you oh, in your own home? Easily. Yeah. Easily. And I'm not even saying this braggadociously. Easily. If he steps foot in my home, tries to tells me and tells me that he wants my stuff and I tell him he can't be here and stays here, with that with that with no hesitation I could shoot and kill him. And the law would protect you. You'd be just defending yourself under the law. The law wouldn't even, the law wouldn't even, the, the, I mean, the law wouldn't even, like, try to do anything. They'd be like, well, it shows, he, it, like, he's in your house. He has a gun or a knife or something to harm you. He is, we know him as a robber. Like, I mean, if you had a camera, it'd even be better. But there might be a bit more investigation if there was, like, just my word. But if there was, like, in perfect circumstance, if there was a camera that shows him sneaking up in the middle of the night, coming into my house, I point a gun at him and tell him he needs to leave and he doesn't leave, walk, walks or runs towards me, I shoot him, it'd be open and closed within, an, within a day or two. And would the same logic still apply if he wasn't armed, but you were? I could always claim that I perceived him as a threat to my life. Right. And that would work. It may not it may not work in the court of public opinion, but as far as the law goes, like Florida, like uh, Trayvon Martin, he was killed off the basis of a stand your ground law where Zimmerman chased him. He pursued him. And then while having his hands in his hoodie jacket, his hoodie pockets, 
pulled his hands out to defend himself from Zimmerman's assault. And then Zimmerman said that he felt his life was in danger. He pulled out his, his pistol that he had and shot him. Same logic applies. Same laws apply. That, that's just how it works. Okay. Right. But at least with the at least with the uh Audbury, I think it was Audbury, the guy in Georgia that got chased down. So you you know you know about the Aubrey I can't I feel bad about not remembering his name because I, I got Brianna Taylor, I got George Floyd Floyd, and there was this Audbury guy who was running, went and looked at Was he the guy a, he wasn't he wasn't killed, but he was shot. I think he survived. No, he was killed. He, oh. No, he was killed. So, sad thing is, there's a lot of those. There's a lot of those where they're shot and they live, and then they're shot and they died. So it, it, it is. It is there. There are so many that it is easy to confuse them. But he was jogging. He went to look at a house that was under construction, which would seem a bit off. But in Alabama and in Georgia, it's not illegal to walk into like if someone's building a house at the side of the road like on your just your common road now if there's like a a driveway that stretches half a mile in like my parents house into the woods that's trespassing on the property but walking into the house as it's being built and just looking around there's nothing illegal about that but they thought they thought he was the guy that was reported stealing tools around that same neighborhood so they pursued him and then when he defended to fight and protect himself then they shot him well, that very closely resembles Trayvon Martin in a certain way, but they then no, they charged them that like because because they videotaped it. Right. That was the thing. They weren't able to. They weren't able to uh, just because if there's a dead guy and a living guy, the living guy is like he's the only trusting trustable source. But they had these this video camera that they recorded, and then they released it. Like a dumbass. Like incriminating evidence. Anyone with intelligence would have been like, that's incriminating. But they released it. And that's what did it for them. So That's good. That's good that they would Oh yeah, very. Yeah. Court. I'm I'm uh, glad that they were stupid because it was it was it was they literally literally hunted the guy. It was it was really it was really upset. So you do have that aspect of those people are able to do that if they want to. And if they feel like they need to, but then at the same time, you have people like, because if you had a dude, like right now, I see a door behind you. If you had some rando just bust in your door and be like, give me your computer, your recording equipment, everything. That's kind of donezo, but. The law least, here kind of states, you know, that you're, it's, it's kind of a bit of a gray area. I've seen a lot of cases where it's like, oh, you shouldn't, you know, you should try and do as least damage as possible you know you should i mean like for example if i was working somewhere if i was in like a supermarket or something they would always tell you like you know um just give them the money like don't put yourself yeah. don't try to be a hero right um, yeah. but that was different because it's like a business and they can afford it you know what i mean it's not gonna yeah. hurt them but like when it's just you i mean i would defend myself um I would try, try and ground them. I wouldn't try and like kill them, but yeah. Um, See, that's the thing. It's it, tricky. It's it's, it's sad, tricky one. Sadly, like I mean, in my like, I'm not I'm not a firearm expert. Like I can hit something if I point and shoot, but I can't like 
like and that's why i need these uh these widespread shotgun shells like because you have these multiple beads coming out in a pattern and it's not one single bullet so sadly the biggest part of the body the easiest part to hit is where all the important stuff is so it makes sense to hit them here because that's the easiest place to hit them with with the least amount of training but it's also the easiest way to kill them mm. so like if if everybody was like achilles and the ankle was the only right. thing to kill them, yeah, yeah, you yeah, shoot yeah. them in the chest no issues but unfortunately that's where it is so I suppose, I suppose that's why probably why you have the law in the way that it exists in the u.s plus you know if you're going to give people the ability to own a gun you put it in the constitution uh, you know it kind of implies that you, you should be able to use that gun to protect yourself so it's Absolutely. kind of it's a tricky one because, and, and also i think the the wider issue with this is you know like when you hear about the democrats talking about you know revoking gun laws and stuff it's like well even if you do that like so many people own a gun that it's oh, yeah, like yeah. almost impossible to try and kind of do, like take back all those guns do you know what i mean like how yeah. where where would you even begin to start on that? <laughs> absolutely like i remember i remember this instagram post like it was like it was just as i was starting uh starting facebook twitter instagram all that stuff when i was like real young back in like 2012 11 13 and i remember coming across this post where it, it, again texas it was this ammunition uh website that had I would say seven by seven boxes with about three layers of bullets each and about six of those boxes stacked up. And like one of the tops were taken out and it was a picture, all of them were bullets. Mm. Just got done with the order for our, for our customer. Hope they enjoy it. I was like, who's your customer? The cartel? Cause you would never expect anyone to own that many bullets. But people own that many bullets. Like, yeah. Like people, they're they're not dumb. They realize I have a gun, but if I ain't got anything to shoot the gun out of, so they'll they'll literally spend. They'll literally like I know people that have taken out loans for like bullets. They have their thirty thirties. So a lot of people like owning two pistols, shotgun, a rifle, and then your manual like click rifle. They'll get their caliber for those different weapons. And then once they have those 10, 10 or so guns, they literally just need a continual supply of bullets. So after they get those guns to their specifications, how they want them customized, painted, all that good stuff, they literally just have to buy bullets. So you spend $20,000 on guns, but you're not going to spend $10,000 on bullets just to make sure you, you have enough bullets to make it because the bullets aren't going to expire. So mm. yeah, they spend, they'll spend ten thousand dollars on bullets. Damn, man, that's a different world. That's <laughs> a different oh, it world. Really is, it really is. But then, if they can afford it, like right, then you got like because over here, like I don't know what it is over in UK. The Alabama minimum wage is seven dollars twenty five cents an hour. So yeah, it's 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 low here as well. Yeah, you you can't afford that. So bringing it back to. Um, Q, Q and on because I saw that you were quite eager to talk about that. Let's let's yeah. discuss that. Let's let's go into that. What what is it? All right. So what do you know about Q and on? I need to get a baseline reading. Oh, um, I think 
they are a group on on the on the right the republican side i think yes okay um okay i think it's it's like an assembled force uh as a response to things like blm but i think it's existed before that but yeah that i'm not going to speculate more i think that's about as much as okay. i've heard all right so <laughs> so you know they're from the right that's 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 about that's about what i expected so Bear with me as I say this because it's gonna it's 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 a couple of tangents that then build and it's like a couple of branches that build out and then coalesce back into a unified front. So QAnon Q is a person who claims to have super soup like top top security clearance at the White House. They so they post on Reddit, 4chan, all that good stuff. They claim to be a top-ranking government official who speculate, not speculates, who leaks information at the president's behest, mm. President Trump, because President Trump has been brought into office to not only make America great again, but to also weed out any Hollywood stars actors like literally tom hanks has been associated with this like like tom hanks hillary clinton barack obama bill clinton bernie sanders nancy pelosi chuck schumer all the big names of the democratic party because they are all secretly people And I have to be delicate on this one because it's a bit jarring. Like I, I've been desensitized to it because I've heard about it so much, but hearing it, like it's honestly gonna, it's, it's who sexually molest and cannibalize infants for the enjoyment of the sexual molestion, but for the ingestion of infants to, pro to prolong their lives. I think I've heard about this a little bit. And Donald Trump has been brought into office because he has no political affiliations, so he is completely untethered by the system, by the deep state. And he has been brought in there by generals, by Secret Service members, leaders of the FBI and CIA, mm -hmm. to weed them out. Yeah, see, I've heard different. I've heard that um, he's part of it, and... Uh, that basically all of these kind of people that are part of this group are trying to acquire this thing called adrenochrome, I think it's called. And um, adrenochrome, something like that. Adrenochrome and was the chemical that keeps them young, <coughs> I believe. Something like that, but apparently you can only get it from children. Yes, that's it. Um, yeah, that's it's it. really, I had a guest on the podcast very early on who was discussing this. She was really into her conspiracy theories. Oh, yeah. No. And she, she was saying people like, madonna and that were yep. communicating with other celebrities yep. like ellen or whatever but yep. using like weird coding through things like um you know just saying like tweeting out weird things to each other which is like code for like oh i need this kind of thing uh-huh and then you had the wayfair scandal where you had like a like cabinets for sale on wayfair and a girl's name like Alyssa. 
and it would be like an eleven thousand dollar cabinet and then the QAnon people like they're selling children through wayfair using cabinets as covers and so like we've had a lot of different things mm. built off of it but the original found the original assemblance of the group was they're using the adrenochromes from children from baby blood to prolong their lives mm. And Trump has been brought into office to get rid of them all and blow up this grand conspiracy. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Like, that's where I kind of find it difficult to believe because, <laughs> of all people, if he's the right. hero and he's right. the savior, like, right. why does he act the way that he does? Do you know what I mean? Like, I it's all I, code. I, I think it's like all code it, to Q. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Like, all I think, the misspellings on Twitter, all the fucks, all the fuck ups he says during the speeches, it's all code cue to let him to know this is what needs to be released. This is the progress we're making. Feifei, so it's that. code. You just you just don't know about it, man. You don't know. I mean, the only thing I've seen about Trump is that like, there's a lot of stuff that he supposedly knows that he tries to leak out and like the people yeah. in the government are like, don't fucking say it. Like in the military, supposedly there's stuff that he knows about, um, what do you call it? Uh, stuff to do with, you know, like the space program, for example, and they're trying to keep it under wraps and Trump keeps going like, Oh yeah, you know, we're doing this with space force. And they're like, shut up, stop saying that. They're not supposed to know. Yeah. And there's supposedly a lot like of that. Like that is really, that Almost like Israeli he's a blubbermouth. So yeah. But apparently there's this Israeli space minister, foreign Israeli space minister that says like Trump is in communication with the Galactic Federation and like the aliens are going to pro- Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I, was, I, I was can't like, remember. Let his... half of that be true. I want... Yeah, it's, I, it's I, a guy, it's a guy from Israel who, who worked in the space program for many, many years in Israel. And... Um, he's just randomly come out now. I mean, apparently he's been saying this for the past 10, 15 years, but, but now he's trying to make these links and say that, you know, Trump is like deliberately hiding this and stuff. Yeah. Um, which, do you know, of all the conspiracies out there, I could see that as being somewhat truthful in the sense that I think there is a lot of stuff that Trump's trying to get out that like, they don't want to get out. Like he does yeah. kind of strike me as the sort of guy that's like, cause you're right. Like he's not a politician, politician. He's a businessman and yeah. like they're all businessmen. I mean, Jesus Bush came from a, a family of businessmen, but they're all political people. So they're all involved in that world. Like Trump has had access to the political world, but he's, you know, he's never really gotten into it before. And he's also interesting enough. He's flopped back and forth between Democrat and Republican affiliation, quite interestingly, over the years. Um, yeah. So I think it's been difficult for him to kind of establish political links and stuff. And um, now that he's finally gotten, gotten into office, I mean, we've seen how it's kind of gone down. Like, you know, there's not really anyone rushing to his rescue in the Republican Party, as no. it seems. They're just They're waiting now, for him we, to we leave. Just elected, we just elected a football coach as our senator, and he, 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 he's up there helping. He's trying to support Trump. <laughs> yeah, no, I had to correct that for um, continuity. No, Alabama, Alabama's trying their damnedest to embarrass us even further. All right, man, let's move but it yeah, forward. No. <laughs> but yeah, no, like when he's out, out, they're, they're, they're going to they're gonna bury him alive. Do you think he'll go to prison? No, 
because then the Republican, then the Republican base will, because I mean, because I mean, and no, you haven't even seen this, no. So you know about Fox News, right? That's our, that's the Republican News Network. The second they said that Trump lost the election, everybody went to One American News Network and Newsmax, who talked about Dominion and all these other places stealing election results to such a veracity, to such a high, like everyone could hear it, that they had to retract everything because the companies were like, we will sue you and you're not Fox, so you can't afford our lawsuit. So watch yourself. Mm. So, but even then they're still like, like tiptoeing allegedly Dominion. Alle like, so they're like, they used to be like, we as One American News Network know for a fact, this is what happened. You're being lied to. But now they're only like, we speculate. So, and they ran to Newsmax. Like, there are a couple of times where Newsmax, this no one news network, they're nobody, had more viewers than Fox at the exact same time. So, I mean, it's not, there is a, there's a, a large amount of people that aren't Republicans anymore. They're Trumpians. So, if they arrest him, and they put him in prison for a significant amount of time. Now, they can sue him. Yes, sure, he's sued all the time. Mm. But if they arrest him and put him in prison, it's not going to end well. Because like, not only will that set a precedent, because then the Republicans can just like – because, I mean, even Hunter Biden's email. Like, do I believe that Joe Biden directed his son to go to Ukraine? No. Do I believe – that a drug-addicted son of a former vice president tried to use his father's name to get somewhere. I can absolutely believe that. But if the Republicans twist it to the way where they could arrest Joe Biden, they can't because no one's ever done that. But if they do that to Trump, then the precedent's been set and it's open season. But who's to say so, they won't? You know I what don't I mean? think they will. Like he's, he's no I don't think they will, no. I don't think they will. Okay. Fair enough. Um, let's move it forward and, and switch things up. So you've mentioned a little bit in previous conversations with myself that you, you know, some of the work that you do, but what do you do actually do for a living outside of the podcasting world? I just, uh, I work at a meat processing plant as a quality assurance. It's, it's nothing, it's nothing super exciting. I'm just, <laughs> I mean, it's just, you, you go to a place, you work there, and then you just try to get above the baseline hiring. I mean, it's just everybody else. I'm just an everyday kind of person. It's just, it's nothing super special. And um, how, how have they actually been during COVID? Has anything sort of changed drastically? Have they been sort of reasonable? Obviously, they haven't let you go. It sounds like you've still sort of been there, so that's good. Yeah. So, and it's weird because... The U.S. has a lot of these laws, a lot of these gag laws that stop you from, like, criticizing the, the meat processing because oh, wow. it is – oh, yeah, no, because it is bad. I've, I've worked – like, when I started working there, I worked in every department for, like, cross-training purposes. Like, if they weren't busy in my section, mm. I'd be like, hey, let me go over and work here. So – and I don't think y'all have seen these before. Maybe not you and pr probably definitely not your listeners if they live in a bigger city. But uh, so you'll have chicken houses where it's these 200 by 20 feet structures with fans 
and then you'll have feeding and watering platforms that will be at the ground level as 100,000 chickens are thrown into this area. Not really, but I, I don't know the exact number, but around a, a large amount, maybe, maybe a couple thousand, maybe not 100,000. And as they grow, it raises so that they have to extend their neck and kind of stretch and exercise for six weeks. Then they're all taken out, put on the trucks, and then they are kind of like, I mean, they really are. They're kind of like stuffed in these trucks. Like a chicken can stand two feet. These, these cages are maybe like a foot. So their, their neck has to be like protruded down and stuck out. And you'll put about 20 chickens to this cage. They'll go to be grabbed by the feet, slapped onto a metal conveyor where their feet will slide into the slot and they'll just hang down like this with their neck extended because they don't really have a lot of strength in their necks because their head's pretty heavy. So they'll normally they'll keep it supported by their back muscles and just by extending their chest out so their head will kind of like wave around so. So they'll be led down a conveyor belt where a machine will cut their head off, they'll be drained, Feathers will be taken off after they're dipped in boiling water to loosen up the follicles. Insides extracted, and then they'll be cut in half for leg processing and breast processing. The breast will then be cut off by humans, by human hands. It'll be like cut off, thrown into fillets, which are kind of like a heart-shaped kind of a cut of the meat, which that will be cut into chicken nuggets and fillet pieces which is the department that I work in, which is called DSI. And I am in charge, like I'm one of the people in quality control. So a lot of people don't know this, but it is very like, these animals are hatched. They are like, and this is everyone, like like some people may be listening to this is like, no, not the not the food I eat. My food is yeah, no. my food is organic. My food is like free range. It's like probably not. You should look at your government's definition of free range. But there, there are I know in the UK there are some instances where you have like chickens in like actual kind of and, and and cows and stuff like that that are able to like roam freely and are like treated well and have good diets and stuff. But like the instances of that are few so and far between. Yeah, so it's, it's it's like a few, and the 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 wider majority are exactly how you've laid it out just there. Yeah, and even then, if they're like allowed to go free, these people are probably either drowning in debt because they have nets above where the chickens are allowed to roam free to keep predation away. Or this chicken's randomly sitting here and then a falcon just yeets him off the ground. Hmm. I oh, about that, actually. <laughs> oh no, I have a I have a falconer friend and I don't think actually... we have them in the UK, but that would obviously be an issue in, in, in America. Oh yeah. Y'all don't have uh, birds of prey. Falcons, hawks. I don't... I'm not so Quite sure. I think that's where falconry was like majorly adopted. Because I mean the British like had their hand in every honeypot. So like, yeah, <laughs> there are certain, I think there are certain possibly in Scotland. I have a feeling in Scotland. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. But yeah, yeah no, like I had a friend, like he had a red tail hawk, pretty big, pretty big bird. And he had a chicken that he like, he was like, he was like, yeah, sure. Whatever. Like, cause like 
if you have a chicken, it's going to have chicks. So he grabbed like, I'd say it was about teenage years, and he threw the chicken out there. The chicken kind of flapped, landed safely on the grass. He wasn't like just pile driving it on the ground. But he threw that hawk up, that hawk circled, and that hawk just went yeet and just like straight dive and then on a perfect V vector hit that chicken and then went boom right back up. Went to his went to his little nest and just uh, cuz I mean and it'll happen in a moment in an instant. That's happened to dog small dogs and cats. Yeah. Some children like Jesus. Birds. Uh there there was this one video where this eagle came down and tried to grab this child. I was like they don't care. They do not care. They are apex predators. Oh, no, no, for sure, yeah. No, you can't like, apply morals to it, but Jesus Christ, like, that's... They don't give a shit. If they're big enough, if they're big enough, and a baby's not, a baby's nothing. A baby's, like, limp all the time. God, that's terrifying to think about, man. He wasn't big enough to carry him off, but he thought he was just going to get him, peck his jugular, and then just start eating him. And, like, the parents would run away in fear, but no, like, the dad, like, chopped him in the neck or, like, chopped the bird in the neck or something. Like, he got the Watch bird out no, you'd have to, you'd have to. <laughs> Christ. Oh my god. Well, thanks for sharing. That was, that was quite a whirlwind <laughs> right there. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, yeah, moving it forward, like, what are your hobbies and interests outside of, of podcasting and everything else? The fishing. Um my family owns a uh my family owns a what twelve hundred acres of property. So a lot of nice. that has been like exploring like nature wildlife fishing hunting a lot of that just like your basic stuff i have like so i've married my wife is from vietnam that we met at a college that we went together and she's introduced me to a lot of traveling so and i and i do and i love it i really do like i remember going to new york i thought it was going to be like like just terrible it was just going to be like ugh but the energy i loved it mm. like because and and I and I heard about it later. Like a lot of people are like they can't handle the energy. But I've always been, and this is a weird connection to make. I've always been a very fast walker. Mm. Like I've always walked very fast at a very advanced pace. Like almost kind of like a jog, really. Like my yeah, my yeah. stance is super wide in between steps, and then they, I just move very fast. And down here, that's something you don't do. Like, it, life is slow. Life is chill. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. But in New York, people are just fucking going. Yeah. And I just felt kind of at home. I'm like, finally, I can, like, keep, like, everyone's on my pace. And that's something I really didn't expect. Oh, my God. I hate it when you get, like, slow people when you're in a major city, man. It's like, Woo! motherfucker, move. <laughs> get out of the way. <laughs> Just like shove their head, get out, go. It's like but when no. you go to places like Oxford Circus in London, you see people like going, doo, 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 doo. it's like, where do you yes. think you are? Like, yes. what is wrong with you? <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, my but God. I mean, that, the food diversity, I just, I love that there's a little Havana, tiny Japan, Korea, yeah, yeah, Chinatown, yeah. like the food diversity, because all it is down here is just like, it's like, it's chips, it's McDonald's, it's you've of course you've got your like your barbecue and your steak, but again, a lot of people make seven twenty five, so they can't afford that. That's a oh, weekend yeah, that's a that's a birthday course. dinner. You can't go to Firebird and get fifty dollars for two people because fifty dollars is like at seven twenty five, that's like two days worth of work. Wow. So 
and it's so cheap over there. Like it's like this giant bowl of food for barely anything. Like comparatively, because everybody has to like compete against each other. Mm. Like, so if you have a family that has a restaurant and then like two pet bedrooms above it, they can sell their food for cheap because they just have to, they have to pay rent on the restaurant because the apartments above them, that's included on the restaurant bill. So, but here you have a family restaurant and then that, and then that family has a $250,000 house because if they don't have a big house, everybody thinks they're not successful. So they have to charge more on their food and then people can't afford to eat it. God damn. Yeah. So it's really weird. So like down here, you have this opportunity for a lot of stuff, hmm. but people aren't willing to either invest or pay for it, which goes back to what I told you about the taco truck, because their food's not cheap. Yeah. It's delicious, but it's mid-priced. But you have people that eat there three times a week. Hmm. So, I mean, it like it's possible, but it doesn't happen. Those examples are, like you said, few and far between so it's really weird down here it like and i don't really know if i want it to change because at the same time while i do like diversity the up and go i liked it for that instance i don't know if i would like it every day let's let's dive into this a bit more um what are the best and worst things about living in alabama sell alabama this is a pitch right now. <laughs> Sell Alabama. Good, good and bad though. Like, be, be just, just be like as honest as possible. Oh, I, I intend to. No, it's, <laughs> cheap. it's cheap here. It is so cheap to live here because nobody makes money. If you make money, you're set. Okay. So that two hundred fifty thousand dollar house that that um, family that restaurant had that I was telling you about. It's $250,000, but it also has four or five empty bedrooms because there's not enough people in the house to occupy it. So it's a big – so they get a house that big because they want that money. They want it's like, oh, it costs that much, but they can't like – like they can't make it fit their family and cost what they need it to cost. So there's a lot of wasted space in that regard. But at the same time, the property is so cheap that you can afford to waste that space. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it can, it can literally just sit there and it's not like nobody, like someone will, nobody will be like left out. Like no one's going to be hurt because you decided to build three extra, three extra bedrooms. Like no one's going to be hurt off of that. If someone in New York tried taking three extra apartments that's three families that don't have an apartment that's not happening over here there's so much space and there's so much space like i have five neighbors around me where different families originally came down to alabama popped this up as a homestead kept it in the family and they're like they were so tight over the the trip that they just it's like hey y'all let's all just like live in they're neighbors, but they're like real, they're like a good five minute walk. Mm. So, but then on the, the other side, 
let's say for whatever reason, and they, these are all old people. I'm the only like 20 something, like all these other people dead in 10 years. Like it's unfortunate, but dead in 10 years. But if they were all my age and somebody like, let's say me, for instance, I think his wife's kind of cute. She thinks I'm kind of cute. Let's uh, sneak around and bump uglies. He will murder me in an instant. And it, it can, it could, it could like, everybody will know. But down here, some people might, might choose to keep their mouth shut because you know what? That's what you get for um, uh, cheating on. That's what you get for, like, doing another man's wife. So there are weird cultural things. And I wouldn't say allowances. He would be arrested. But he may be given leniency. So you have to be able to learn to – you can't just move here and just decide you're here. You have to adjust to the culture. Now, obviously, actually, I don't really know because they're in the city. People might just be running around, just be like doing that kind of stuff. I don't know. Maybe. But you can't. You, you're going to have to feel your way around here. But the restaurants are nice. The, the political atmosphere, if you're on this side, you don't have to worry about like Georgia. Georgia flipped. Georgia elected Biden. Georgia just had new two new Democratic senators. So Democrats own, own the Senate, the part, the House, and the President. That's not happening in Alabama. Alabama will stay red. What they do, unless it goes to federal law, it's not going to affect Alabama. So if you like owning guns, paying low taxes, if you like weed being illegal, I don't know why you would, but whatever. Alabama's not changing for a while, except for the weed part. They may change that. They may do that federally, but that's the only instance. So it, it, it really is a – if you choose it to be, you can go to a city like Huntsville, Montgomery, Birmingham, Mobile. You can live that kind of small city life. Or you can live 30 minutes from any major known city with no neighbors for 20 miles, and you can just be yourself. You can literally put up a log cabin. There's no, there's no permits or uh, like home security boards that look up. It's like, well, this does, this doesn't fit up to code. You can grab an acre of property, three thousand dollars, build a log cabin, get solar panels, a LTE wireless phone connection, and you can just live by yourself. So it, it really does have that kind of like difference where you can. Five minutes be in a city, drive down 20 minutes, and then be in somebody's homestead where they have, like, Make America Great Again, The South Shall Rise Again, kind of flags, like, deers hanging from a tree from a kill they got last night. Jeez. Even though it's out of season, like, it, it really is, like, both like both ends of the spectrum. It's like, it, it, is, it is wild. Like, it is, there's no uniformity whatsoever. So... What I would say to get people to move here, there's no uniformity. So you find your place on that gauge, and you live there. Okay. Well, th thanks for sharing. I appreciate that. Um, m moving it forward, I, I just want to ask you, like, uh, how has obviously COVID-19 affected you personally? And also Alabama, like, what's been the kind of response 
to COVID-19 in Alabama. I like to ask a lot of my guests this just because they're from all around the world and you have different responses, different restrictions and so on. Uh, so how has it been for you and in Alabama? So again, spectrums. The governor issued mask mandates. Thankfully, Florida, Florida pretty much just said like, y'all do you are they're, 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 um, uh, their budget is so heavenly dependent on tourism that they couldn't shut anything down. So they didn't. Alabama doesn't really apply to that. They don't really have, we don't really have tourism, but at the same time, the government, the governor, governor K Ivy introduced mask mandates month to month. And then some of her own police chiefs said they refused to uphold it. So it kind of doesn't matter. It wouldn't matter. Walmart said, you'll have to wear masks in our stores. Some citizens of Alabama said, fuck you. I'm coming in regardless. And then so it, it happens so much that Walmart's just like, yeah, sure, whatever. Just wear a mask if you want to. It's not, we can't, we can't put up with a headache because people were being threatened. Like, like you, you got like some Karens over there who their, their baby wanted some goldfish right now mm. and lady of walmart ma'am please we need you to put a mask on it's for the safety of us and our and others and this lady might have gotten a, a too many branched off QAnon sites where she determined that masks are dangerous because you're breathing in your own carbon dioxide and the germs you excel and COVID 19 19 is not real anyway and I will not be a sheep and do what the government tells me to. So you have a lot of those people, like because I remember because we went to we went to Boston to live with family for um, uh, two months in uh, I think it was a uh, early June, late May to August. Did our two took our test, went there, we're fine, nobody like I mean we didn't do it irresponsibly. Like in all honesty, somebody honestly would drive up there, cough on somebody, get them sick, and drive back and just not know about it. But we did test and all that. Everyone wore a mask. Everybody did as they were supposed to, six feet. We come back to Alabama, it is a lawless wasteland. Like, there's like 40% of the population just like, fucking, I don't care, no mask. Oh, wow, my really? Family, my own family. So you've got my dad, two of his sisters, and one brother. Okay. One of the sisters was going to throw an entire maskless Christmas party. Invited everybody, her and me, her, her section of the family, her children, their, their children's children, they showed up. Everybody else had their own thing. My family, our mom's a nurse. So, I mean, and we, we've grown around like nursing stuff our whole lives. I knew from the beginning, like I remember listening to Philip DeFranco and different podcasters in early December. And the second they were talking about the asymptomatic spread, I was like, this is going to be different. Like, you get a flu, you know you got the flu, you stay home. If you're two weeks still spreading, them, different. Right, so I knew from the jump, like, this is going to be something different. They made, I didn't expect it to get as big as it was, but I knew it was going to be different. So we haven't had anything, like, if we if we meet, it's outside in the sunlight. Like, we breathe, UV hits it, kills it, it's not going to do anything. But we don't have indoor meetings for more than like 10 minutes 
And even right. so, the mom will come through, like, spray everything with Lysol, trying to, like, kill it all in the lights and stuff. Kill it, kill it, like, in air. But one of the grandchildren decided to come down from Auburn, from university. Her and her boyfriend had COVID. Now, all 20 people have COVID, and uh, the grandmother, my, my aunt, is in the hospital with pneumonia in both lungs, upper and lower, and COVID, and her boyfriend. So, I mean, we have that freedom, but then you also have the consequences of using that freedom. Mm. So, you have people like my family, my side of the family, that do as experts say and do as common sense, like, says. And we're fine. Like, my mom's a cancer survivor. My dad has dementia. If they get it, let's just say in May, my mom's already pulled me aside. It's like, here's everything you need to know about our will and testimony. I work for the state testing people. So if I get sick, I don't expect to, I don't expect it because I am like, I have, I think she calculated herself at a 3.5 comorbidity rate, which 2.6 at her age group is kind of the average of the dying off. So she, she kind of like counted herself out. But she also trusted herself, her experience as a nurse, to be able to act smart, disinfect her clothes, like, got to the house, took her uniform off, threw it in a bag, hit it with some disinfectant, scrubbed herself down with some Clorox bleach, had a mask on, like, she had the N95 mask, she didn't have these, like, little doctor's masks, she had, like, the mask mask, like, the, it's gonna work, work. Like, masks are effective, but this is, like, will it, it will work, hundred like, 95%. Had bruises around her nose and her, uh, where it was conformed. Because, yeah. I mean, that's, that's how it works. It will work. If you have a bruise, it's working, sadly. It looks ugly, but it, it works. So, but the other sides of the families, they decided that, they were going to kind of listen to more of what their political party said as far as you don't have to worry about it. Don't let them take your freedoms. And my aunt might, like, I say this with, like, a sense of, like, I, I and I do feel sorry for her. But at the same time, I can't let familial ties keep me from saying they might have probably kind of brought it upon themselves by not testing, not wearing masks, allowing such a large pe large group of people to be inside an enclosed building. They weren't outside. They weren't. And they have a substantially large backyard, but it's Christmas and it's cold. So let's go inside where it's warm. So anyone else, I would openly say, you get what you deserve, but I, it's kind of hard for me since they're immediate family. Like, like this woman helped raise me. So it's kind of hard saying that, but at the same time, I can't let that, I can't let that stop me from saying obvious, what, what is obvious. So you have a lot of people like us that listen to the experts and do as they're told. And we're fine. Even with my mom working in medical and she's been on these testing lines, like she's tested people. She's had a couple of scares where she's like, uh, Ruthie, we have this one guy, he tested positive. We're going to need you to take a test and take a day off, pay. She's like, okay, fine. She hasn't gotten sick. My dad, he stayed home. He hasn't gotten sick. We go out, like, I'm fine. I'll, t I'll take my vitamin D. I'll take my zinc. I'll drink my vitamin C um, juices and stuff. 
I, I'm fine, but every time we go over there, it's outside in the sunlight. If it's raining or anything, we won't go. But if it's in the sunlight outside, we'll, we'll hang out. We'll have like a dinner with like separate tables and stuff, but we're not going to be in a room with like 20 people not knowing where they've been and how they've got it, if they've gotten it. So you, you really do have those two people. One side's fine. The other side, they might've lost a family member or they might about to lose a family member. So, but other than that, and the people who decide to wear masks and not wear masks in stores, nothing's really changed. Is there a lot of like um, aggression between those groups? Cause I've heard in certain parts of the world, anti-maskers, get like aggressive towards people that wear masks which i've always kind of found nonsensical because it's you know it doesn't really affect people if if you wear a mask do you know it affects people who don't wear a mask but if you don't if you do wear a mask that's not really affecting anyone you know what i mean so i'm just curious what you you know well, if there's been any of that in alabama a lot of people who wear masks and it's very easy to get this way they kind of have themselves on this kind of like self-righteous high horse. Okay. They feel like they're sacrificing because in a way it is sacrificing. Like you, you are wearing something that you normally wouldn't like this is, they feel it is a stressful time. People are dying and they are dying. So if you see someone not wearing a mask and enough conditions are met, Maybe you've had someone who's sick. Maybe you've right. had someone who's died. Maybe you're a Democrat and you feel like, listen to science, and now you see someone who's not wearing a mask. Nine times out of ten, that person's going to be a Republican. So you already have that association with Democrat and Republic, which is wild that that association has been made. But it mm -hmm. has, so we have to live with that reality. So, Yes. I can see how New York and California people can get aggressive, but again, we're in Alabama. People have guns. You might not necessarily know if that person has a gun. So while they may say something, hey man, you should probably wear a mask. Fuck you. All right, sure, whatever, man. That's as far as it's gonna go. You're not gonna get someone in their face. The right. closest you're gonna come to that is the 65-year-old man that's gonna walk into Walmart to buy food and then he doesn't want to wear a mask because Tar Tucker Carlson says not to. Mm. And then him and the Walmart employee, that's as far as you're going to get. Yeah. An employee who feels a certain way that hasn't been told otherwise by management is like, hey, man, you can't come in here. But even then, that died out pretty quick here in Alabama. Oh, cool. Well, th thanks for sharing. I appreciate that. Um, and obviously, you know, I hope that you and your family continue to stay safe and stuff. Like, I know we're not really out of the woods yet with that. No. Uh, in the UK, we've just entered another lockdown and yes. uh, cases are rising rapidly. And it's... Y'all had that new variant. Yes, apparently. Um, I don't really know what to make of it like anymore. 70%, it's like 70% more infectable. Like, it's got Between like... 50 this... to 70%. Yeah, that's apparently Please. what it is. I don't know, man. I mean, it, it's interesting to me because I've been living in Manchester, which is the in the middle of the country, and uh, supposedly we're one of the biggest hotspots, and we've Ooh. been essentially locked down this whole time. Like, it, I'll be honest, this new lockdown has not really changed anything for us. It's like, okay, now the shops are shut, 
it's pretty much just that everything else has been shut anyway so um but anyway to the point you know i've been on the front lines with this i've been um i chose to volunteer as quite a, sort of a crazy time to do so but i figured like if you're ever going to volunteer now's the time so i started doing that in october and um i normally do it every monday sometimes i do it several times a week but um this we've we've always been very sensible we change our masks several times in a day constantly washing our hands throwing stuff away you know doing all the measures that you're supposed to do and you know we haven't we've only had like a couple of cases in in our place but um largely it's difficult to know do you know what i mean because there are people getting sick every day there are obviously people dying but then as I've sort of said since the very beginning of this, every time I look at the numbers, it always seems that the case rate is high, but the death rate is not as high. Like it's yeah, no. What, like what? I mean, it really isn't. I mean, this is this, this is the thing. Yeah, yeah worldwide, like, it's, it's it's like four. It's a four percent global death rate versus a ninety-nine percent. Yeah. No, sorry, ninety-six percent recovery rate. This is worldwide. Yeah well yeah when you compare it to other countries sorry to other um illnesses we've had diseases over the years it's still not that high like if okay for argument's sake if we would suddenly just have like 10 million deaths worldwide then i'd be like yeah this is this is really this is like this could end us potentially like it's one of those things right but at no point have i felt that way like i'm more kind of stressed about like other things like you know are we ever going to go back to the way things were? What does this mean oh, yeah. for future freedoms? Do you know what I mean? Like, I I wonder about stuff like that, and I get more stressed Absolutely. about that because eventually Absolutely. things things do have to eventually return to some resemblance of normality for society to continue <laughs> in some degree. You know what I mean? Because yeah, no, you're our, right. You know, so many of our industries have been affected. Like, obviously, in the states, you've you've got at least the kind of um, the benefit of having like a lot more space therefore like if you have you know sporting venues you can still run them to some extent you can't run them to the same capacity but you can have like a a 40,000 seater run at like with 4,000 people in it and that will be acceptable whereas like in the UK honestly they probably do it at 20,000 for real that's oh there are bars in Texas running at uh two-thirds capacity wow bars in texas like like i mean yeah no four thousand people they wouldn't even attempt it they're like no half capacity skip every other seat damn i suppose you you can't really apply the same logic to every country though can you like yeah because it amazes me when i hear about the way things are in america the way it's in china italy wherever like it's always so very different and every country is like seemingly at a different stage some are like more regressed like the uk where we're just pretty much in perpetual lockdown and you've got states where it's like it really does seem like it's a state by state difference so some states are stricter than others and stuff and like you say in texas you've got a lot of space sorry not texas alabama you've got a lot of space so it kind of i suppose in that regard you can make a lot of arguments for kind of having those places open and I don't know. It, it's, it's so tricky. It's isn't the it? family greeting. It's the family meetings that do it because Re- yeah, out here we yeah, go yeah, to Walmart. Yeah. I mean, out here we go to Walmart. We get our food. We go to the gas station. We get our gas. 
we go to Lowe's, get some home equipment. We're in and out in an hour and then we're back home and we're good. We go to work. We have like, I mean, and cause like on the line, they'll have like a line for people. And then that's where you would like grab your nuggets and then separate the fat from them, throw the fat back on the line and throw the nuggets in the nugget line. They have sheets of metal, like cubicles set up now separating people. So, I mean, with masks, masks are mandatory at the job because it is a humid, cold environment where this virus thrives. But other than that, I don't really think I've heard of too many cases over there. But uh, no, I mean, you're, you're not like New York and California where you have 100,000 people living in a block of apartment <laughs> buildings. So in a block, you have my parents' house or you have three houses of mine or three, uh, me and two of my neighbors. So, so you don't have people stacked on each other. And if we do talk, it's at six feet away in the open, in the open air with sunlight. So, I mean, even then it's like, we're not like, you, you literally have to shove your tongue down the other dude's throat to get him infected. I mean, it's, 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 it's not gonna be, it's not gonna happen. It just, it really isn't. Right. So, yeah. yeah. So the space and the lat and the, we don't have a very high population compared to California, New York, and we're around the same size. I'm not necessarily sure, but I mean, looking at a map, we kind of do, but no. And I think it is just having all these people living on top of each other is, and again, said this from the beginning, at the beginning of the lockdowns, this is going to change how cities are ran because mm. if you, because you're living in an apartment that's like $1,200 a month in New York City with seven other people. So you have to not only keep track of those seven people, where they go, what they do, who they've been around, if that person's been infected, but now you're also stuck in the house with them all day until they decide to go out there to maybe like go visit a friend or something, maybe go pick up some food, maybe go grocery shopping. And you're in that house. So sooner or later, that person is going to get bored and be like, yeah, no, nothing's going to happen. Let's go see Jimmy. Jimmy's cool. Right. Jimmy yeah. had a girl over five. Jimmy had a girl five uh, over five hours ago and she's sick. And now Jimmy gave it to you. And now all seven of y'all are infected. And maybe one of y'all has diabetes or asthma. And now that right. person's dead. But here you ain't got to worry about that. So cities, I think they are so expensive. They've been locked down. And then you have, like, it's going to get to a point where you can hop in your Tesla. It drives you four hours to your job, and you could sleep during that four hours there and back. Live at your house. And so I think people are going to start spacing out a lot more as they start realizing, I used to have to live in the city because that's where it's at. But now I can have a job interview over Zoom. I can do my job from home with a substantial internet connection. So why am I paying $1,200 a month to live yeah. in an apartment with yeah. seven other people yeah. when the city shut down? Makes no sense. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. That's, that's a very good point. Uh, I, there's a lot within this. Like People like to complain, but I, I have to say, like I've been saying for years that remote working should be a thing um many businesses oh, yeah. like you don't need to physically be there to, to do your job like i do marketing and um i can tell you 
probably 90% of that job you don't need to do. Like, yeah, no, fuck it, 100% of that job you don't need to do in person. Um, the, the whole being in person thing, meet, meetings, I suppose it depends on the type of person you are, type of team you are, but a lot of the time it's just wasting time. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> in meetings yep. and stuff, like you can get so much more done. Like, I get so much more done at, at home by myself, if I'm honest. Just the way it oh, is. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, as we draw everything to a close today just want to ask you one final question do you have any upcoming projects or maybe some final thoughts that you'd like to share with us i want to start diversifying my online presence i always had instagram i follow other people i used to post funny memes if i did that but then i realized that facebook was a lot easier for that mm. so i haven't really been on there much but I've started to realize more and more through reaching out through people on Instagram, on Facebook, on TikTok, that I myself need to go out there. And even with like Instagram, TikTok, and Twitch, you can make money off of that. So if I need $30,000 a year, $10,000 from three different websites is $30,000. So why not even why why not try so what i'm going to try in 2021 is not only project myself more on social media but also try to capitalize off of it so and and that all in chasing my dream to maybe one day do this as a professional gig so more guests more diversity in the guest uh I was kind of scared all I was going to be able to do is uh, manga artists, cosplayers, and anime. But uh, I'm, glad, I'm glad I'm starting to get more small business people. And uh, an author, I got an author. He's a, one, of my, uh, one of a friend of a friend, and he was great. But yeah, I think 2021 is uh, it's going to be a really good year of growth for me, and I hope it is. But yeah, I, we'll just see where it goes, and hopefully I can get people to subscribe to me. If they've made it this deep in there, guys, y'all should definitely subscribe because you've obviously liked what's have been happening. So BCEW on YouTube, Trolling Badger on Instagram and TikTok. I'm going to start doing a lot more on that. Maybe open up a Twitch. I'm not sure. Yes, it's like, do it. Do it. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> but yeah, just going to see all I can do. Maybe I can uh, get some more Twitch streamers because, I mean, if I can grab, if I've got, thousand people like just but like a, a scenario if you get ten thousand people on five different social media platforms the odds that all ten thousand of those people are the exact same people it's not that it's like yeah. there'll be some there'll be some commonalities but there, it won't be all of them that's a very good point so if you get them just cross-pollinate on each platform and and i and i say this i don't like the word cult but develop a cult following I mean, you, you can't go wrong. Because if I get 3,000 people to give me a dollar on Patreon every month, that's $3,000. So, I mean, it, 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 it's hard to get there, but once you're there, you're there. So I just got to get there. Well, I wish you the best of luck. I think um, you're definitely – I definitely think you're, that you'll make it. I mean, you clearly are very um, – able to you know hold a conversation and you know keep it going and uh Absolutely. yeah 
it's, it's a great thing. Like I, I've barely spoken during this podcast, but it, it stands as a testament to you. And that's exactly how I wanted it. And um, I think it's great. I mean, that, that ability to, to just sort of talk and, and keep it going and not, and not just ramble on, but like actually kind of speak about things and give, you know, value and worth in the conversations. Cause I mean, the whole time that you're doing the podcast, you know, you're always thinking about the viewer and if they'll find this interesting and what they'll gain from it and, and stuff like that. Like I always say at the, the end of my podcasts, like for everyone to kind of, you know, to reach out and say what they like, dislike and so on. And, and I always encourage that because, you know, you want to know what your audience thinks first and foremost, but at the same time, as you said, like your audience is in different places, different mindsets, they like different things. So you got to kind of like almost cater for all, but that ability to speak is, is such a, an important thing, especially with a podcast and, and like not everyone has it. Um, you know, I've, I've been, I've met many podcasters during the time I've been doing this and um, some people I think are, are really going to make it other people it's not that they can't make it, but I think there's a lot of work that needs to be done. Like you, you need to be the sort of Absolutely. person that's not afraid to talk <laughs> and kind of just. Absolutely. Right. Exactly. And a um, lot of my podcast, and I'm going to try and start making this different, but a lot of them have not been straight. Like I don't have a list of questions. So, and as I, and, and of course these were with bit more with friends, so I knew them already, but as I find like these people on TikTok and I may not have time to go through their videos and find points of interest to discuss, I'm either going to have to change that or start writing down some generic questions. But yeah, I, like I know a lot of people, like there's a couple of podcasters I've talked to where they are wholly dependent on their, uh, on their scripts. Like they, they, like they have no like they don't have an ability to like think on their feet, which I like I, and I've told them as nice as possible. It's like, you need to, you need to find that ability because if you don't, it's like, you're not going to go. It's not that you won't go far, but you're going to be, you're going to go somewhere and then you're going to stay there because there, there's not much room for growth. If you yourself are not able to grow. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I always write notes regardless and questions, but I feel like, you know, you should use it as a guide and less yeah. of a kind of like a way to structure the podcast and a way, to, you know, something to refer to, but ultimately look at what the conversation is and how it's going and, and try and ad lib questions. You know, I've thrown several ad libbed questions at you that weren't written down here. And I knew that that was going to happen because it always happens when you get like a discussion like this. And I feel like a lot of the time, those are the questions that will be much more kind of, um, appreciated than the ones that you have written down because a lot of the time it's really generic stuff you know like what's your podcast like where are you from what do you do for a job you know that i feel like exactly. it's more like a, those are the beginner points those are conversation starters and then you're trying to get that conversation flowing and, and continuing and get the ball ball rolling and get the most out of it you know like that's what you want to be doing with a conversation yes. If you're not, if you're just like this, like um, this, and then this one, and then like that's not yeah. You do this. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of it I found is a lot of these uh podcasters that kind of do their own thing, but but then they they don't like the sound of their own voice, so they're like, I got to get another guest. But they would probably be more fitted towards these like deep analysis points where they they research and discuss into a podcast but they also want to like cross platform because that is the easiest way to grow mm -hmm. 
Absolutely. Um, yeah, well, um, as we wrap things up here, I just want to say a massive thank you for agreeing to be on the show. I've had a great absolutely, time. Absolutely, man. Uh, I can't wait to have from... you on. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'll be appearing towards the end of the month. Uh, this will probably be out in the next couple of days. Um, mm-hmm. But I want to say, yeah, big thank you to you. And um, yeah, big thank you to my audience, everyone watching and listening to the Christian Reef podcast. We've made it into 2021. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a very busy month for the podcast. There's uh, many more guests that will be appearing on the show. Um, and as, as always, just let me know what you would like to hear on the podcast, who you would like to see next on the podcast. Let me know. Be vocal. Be vocal in the comments on YouTube. Make sure you're subscribed if you're not already. And uh, yeah, if, if you're using an audio platform, be it Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, wherever, I think we're on like 10 different platforms at this point. Uh, make sure you leave a review and let me know your thoughts. You know, if it's good, it's bad, it's ugly. Let me know. I would love to know your opinions. And um, yeah, thank you very much for listening to the Christian Reef podcast. And until next time, peace out, one love. I'll see you in the next one.